And we're back, hopefully. Welcome hopefully. to Simply Wow Podcast. As always, again, I'm Meeps, joined by Rise. Hey, how's it going? And Jay. What's up? And this week, we're joined by another officer of Psy, Ganju. Say hi, Ganju. Hello. Awesome. This week, we'll be... Sh- to say hi, Ganju. Oh, right. hi, Ganju. There you go. It's too late. You already fucked it up. Yeah. And we're shutting it down. That's why we're uh, again. Yeah. And this week we'll be shifting the focus from our personal experiences in Guild and onto the future Shadowlands. Last week we asked viewers to leave a comment on the question, what is the hardest thing you've had to do or deal with in a raiding guild? Ganju, you want to give us your answer before we move on to the featured comment? Yeah. So uh, when I first started playing WoW, uh, a bunch of friends that we had met throughout the world um and a couple of real life friends that uh had gotten me into the game we all created a guild on misha it was called uh oh god aftermath aftermath, aftermath. thank you i knew it was after something like for some reason we heard this part of the story already so we're keen on the details <laughs> <laughs> um we had all started a guild uh we weren't hardcore raiders we weren't anything we were barely know what the hell we were doing to be honest um and we we cleared icc 10 man somehow some way but uh as a couple months started going by while we were all waiting for cataclysm to mount to come out um one of our officers uh her name was jessica i want to say it was her there was another one that was her actual in-game name too um had some sort of skin cancer uh, and she was always in the hospitals things like that um unfortunately it made it to where she couldn't play anymore uh and then we just started losing tanks everybody just kind of stopped dropping off you know uh that was and then the last few people that were actually still part of the guild uh myself uh one of my friends out in texas um Merrick, shout out to him uh, if he even sees this ever. Um, <laughs> and uh, Shade, Shade no longer plays. He does other things. Um, we just decided to all kind of go our own ways, and that's basically at the time when uh, I swapped over to Horde and transferred to Good choice. Rock. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were Alliance. I was a Dwarf Warrior. Uh, curious, what a what like time period was that in? Was that like in between expansion drought, or was that like mid of, middle of tier? That was uh, in between Wrath of the Lich King and Cataclysm. So, wow. Yeah, there was a lot of drop off there. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yep. Surprisingly, I still talk to Merrick every now and again. Uh, he calls me like to be once in a blue moon. But, cool. As long yeah, as you that's... can still have some replayability and some friend aspect with those old guildies, that's what's important. Yeah, nobody of that guild that I know of plays anymore. Um, but yeah, that to me that was the hardest thing was because they were all you know my friends, my first friends that I made in World of Warcraft, uh, as well as you know a couple IRL friends that actually got me into the game, just said no more and here i am 
10 years later, 12 years later, still playing. The I'm, pleb that I am. I'm going to be more careful about the questions that I ask Nick right out the gate. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> I was pretty dark, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I'm I'm over here trying not to smile because I'm reading chat and Jay's being ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, so the feature comment from last week came from Cappy, and he said the hardest thing for him is not teaching or correcting people and picking strange things, doing such poor DPS just due to bad essences or talents. And his knowledge of the game helped him grow as a player, and it hurts seeing people shafted by poor choices. Which on that, like he streams a lot. And one of the things in his stream is ask me questions. Like, he's always wanting to help people that want to learn. You know, I actually yeah, resonate with that. I actually resonate with that same comment because when I was in Perdition and basically every single person there was a first time ever Mythic Raider, there were a lot of instances where it's like, why is someone doing no damage? And, like, the officer core would, like, look at all the talents and be like, oh, this person's doing all these things wrong. And then we had to kind of figure it out and, like, teach them. And that was always a really hard thing to, like, tell someone that they just weren't using the best options that were available and like it felt really really weird in that case but yeah i i totally feel that comment actually but i don't oh, huh? sorry go ahead I, I was just gonna say i don't understand how people don't research ahead of time they just kind of go in blindly like they don't know what they're gonna play they don't all right, listen here, Mister Elitist. All right, I'm we don't all elitist, have like right? forty Just... hours a day to like look at the best in slot for every little encounter. Like, look, all right. No, I agree with you, hundred percent. Just in terms of mythic rating, or even you know, high end, any high end point of the game. Like, if you're going into high mythic plus dungeons, or you're doing high arena, you you should do some research if you want to compete at that level. Oh yeah. The one way that I can see that that might happen, though, is, for example, if you're playing with, you know, the first tier of an expansion, you're playing with what's the best, and maybe you're too naive to look and see if something better has come up, or if there's a different talent that should be better, which, to be fair, you should be doing that information anyway if you're playing at a higher level, but I could see, like, in some instances where maybe that's the case. You stick with one thing that seems like it's the best, and then maybe something's just a little bit better and you don't want to switch because of the playstyle or whatever. I think more than that, the issue is more than likely, probably they went and saw a streamer, saw what the streamer was doing, found the build, and apply it for everything. And mm -hmm. they don't think like, Ugh. you know, for example, like if you're a Shadow Priest and it's a single target fight, you don't take Misery, because like, you apply your dots once and you never need to reapply them again, so why would you want to apply Shadow or Pain when you touch? It's much better to go Twist of Fate for that extra execute damage. Something like that people don't think of, but when there's a super multi-target fight, you don't care about execute damage because you want to dot as many things as possible, so they don't think about that. They just go, oh, that's the build. I'll just go with that and change or adapt to the encounters. Yeah, or something else that you can, like Fire Mage, the meta changed. You know, you go with Kindling build now with full mastery rather than you know, the Meteor build with mastery. Yeah. Switches all the time. Mm -hmm. yep. <clears throat> Speaking of what builds you're going to play, going into Shadowlands, what spec are you guys going to play? What role? What class? Ooh. Let me go first. All right, Jay. All right, I'm going to be super long, in-depth Jay answer. You ready? Okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom then. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you guys later. Uh, <laughs> nap time. I'm, I'm going to be playing a Brewmaster Monk tanking. Oh. That, which is what Brewmasters typically do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to specify... You know, maybe I could heal a DPS. I don't know, but nah, I'm, I'm gonna tank, and it's gonna be a brewmaster monk. 
That's yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing a Mistweaver monk DPS. This this expansion. It's gonna be really fun. That's hot. You know, you make <laughs> jokes, but in Hellfire Citadel, you could. Okay. <laughs> Fair. That one tier. What about yeah, you, Gunju? So, um, we can dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be actually an arcane mage because arcane is looking really good for, well, single target. And it's nice to actually have a little bit of more in depth kind of gameplay with uh, have the changes that they've made with uh, arcane mage now rather than it just being arcane blast. Okay. And, and warlock. Oh, and warlock. Which warlock spec are you thinking? Um, either Destro and or uh, Affliction. Nice. Because I really love the playstyle of dots and keeping them up and all that stuff. I mean, I I did Affliction in Old Deer with this, so I mm -hmm. really loved it. Um, and now that it's finally getting some love to be viable in M+, with Malefic Rupture being really nice and bursty for once, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I'm going to hate myself because two characters first tier, but... Yeah, that's something that we're going to touch on later for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm in an awkward boat because uh, Elemental Shaman is what I want to play. However, they have changed that class drastically uh, about four times in the last three weeks. So uh, I'm really hesitant to see if it'll be tuned right. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers to see how Elemental will shape up at the end. And if not, I'm going to try my hardest to make a last-minute decision either between a Retribution Paladin or a Destro Warlock. But probably more towards the red. Go, Warlock. I mean, <laughs> you've played Elemental Dude, looking, Shaman. Looking at the Google Doc, though, we have got like 14 melee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, bad. You've, you've actually played Elemental Shaman even whenever it wasn't doing great, but you were able to at, at the very least keep pace with some of our better raiders. I think it's just because I like Elemental Shaman enough. Like, I like their toolkit, and everything that I want in a character is exactly what they have. But if they take too hard of a hit, or if they dynamically change their playstyle, or if they're just really undertuned, I could still play it. But the other thing you have to keep in mind is, uh, unfortunately, Elemental Shaman does not bring a lot in the terms of a, a toolkit or an advantage to a raid scenario right now. So uh, that's uh, something that I'll have to take in consideration instead of playing something like a Ret Paladin, which... Auras and blessing for healers is really big. Well, you gotta. I mean, wind totem. You're getting wind fury totem back. You're getting mana totem back. Um, I need a shaman in my in my group. Wind fury totem play. is actually only with enhancement, so I will not have the access to mm -hmm. that. Um, wind rush okay, totem. Yeah, I still. Yeah, wind rush <laughs> totem. I still have to talent into. I will get um, manatee totem and healing stream totem which will be cool little raid healing that I can just kind of drop and just go about my, my business. But uh, I don't know. It's a really hard decision looking at other classes and thinking, why aren't I playing another class that's bringing so much to the table? But I think that's something we'll also get into a little bit more later. Right. Well, one thing that you can actually look in, look at is, you know, kind of like how Final Fantasy fourteen plays, or thirteen fourteen, I don't know, uh, where they 14. have hybrid classes or support classes where they deal damage, but like they the also heal. Yeah, exactly, like a Bard or a Disc Priest in WoW right now where their healing is damage. You could be mainly damage but still throw uh, off heals every now and then and be a Battle Shaman like you always wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, that is something to, to seriously consider as well. 
Um, again, I'll, I'll have to put a lot of thought into it, but we'll we'll see how it turns out. What about I'll you? Summarize what's going on in Rise's brain though right now. Yeah. It's uh, in response to Nick. What he's thinking is, yeah, but that's not optimal. <laughs> see. <laughs> Go ahead, Meeps. <laughs> Uh, I've had an identity crisis with Shadowlands so far because I find enjoyment in so many specs that, like, you know, play what you want to play really doesn't affect me. I, in the past, I've always fallen back on Hunter because Marksman Hunter has been my favorite, hands down. But since they added Rapid Fire and Mark Shot's now mandatory, even though. It's baseline now. It's it's too good not to use, but it's a GCD. It's just a, an obnoxious way to play. So now I'm completely lost at what I want to play more than anything else. Because I like to play. I like the challenge in a lot of things. Except I've learned recently that I do not like casters. I do not like caster DPS. It's not the fact that you have to stand still and cast. It's not the immobility. It's the spell queuing. I have. I've sat and wanted to pull my hair out whenever I'll be mash because I'm a masher. It's it's only because I mash buttons. Like so I'm I'm ready, like this spell's about to go off point two seconds or whatever, so I'm mashing the next spell. Then I have a proc. Well, I don't want to cast a spell anymore, I want to cast my proc. Nope, too late. You already spell queued up. You can't cast your proc till after you cast this other spell, unless you cancel the spell that you're casting. It drives in me. In which case in which case that's usually a loss of DPS as right. a network. It, yeah, it drives me rough. bonkers. I have reasons. Yeah, so this is a recent thing of I really don't like casters and because they all have this issue. So now I've been looking at melee or back to hunter or tank even. And right now I don't know. I don't know. So I'm looking at kitty, warrior, and pally. But then again, we've got about a dozen melee signed up for Shadowlands. Yeah, so, that'd be pretty hard to to fill in a slot that's not already uh, taken by another priority role. Yeah, so that's where I'm at with uh, choosing a main. But what do you guys think about the specs that do not look appealing? Like, what is something you absolutely refuse to play if if your choice is to raid with us, or but you have to play the spec? You say no fucking way am I going to raid? Shadow priest, shaman. <laughs> Attacked. <laughs> Good. Uh, for me right now, I actually really don't have one. I think the only role that I wouldn't want to necessarily play is a, a dedicated healer, whereas I'll always have my healer off specs or try to be. But uh, I don't know. It's, it. I think all the classes look fine to some degree, or at least I would be fine with playing really anything if I felt it was that appealing. It's funny that Jay brought up Shadow Priest when. You know, the majority of the Shadow Priest community is like, all hail Blizzard, you've done the right changes. Except Jay, he's like, no, you you fucked it. No. (laughs) You fucked the dog this time. They killed my favorite class. I mean, look, they they have, but they haven't. They've killed it the way that I like to play it. And they are now giving it back and saying, this might be broken, this might not work, what do you think, and we might not keep it. Which I... I understand why they had to do it. I understand that it's a pain in the ass to balance, and I understand that, you know, mechanically, it's a pain. That doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> and I just, I, 
I liked the ramping haste, you know, you're fighting against this insanity, like, play style. I loved that. It, the high APM, you know, just, uh, it, it's good. It's good. I don't, I don't understand why <laughs> they decided to pull the rug out from underneath of the quote-unquote good players that can do really well at Shadow Priest, you know? Because that... it's not accessible by everybody, and that's their, that's their point. They want every class to be accessible by everybody. They want, you know, Joe Blow just starting the game to be able to pick Shadow Priest and not be completely overwhelmed. Whereas, you know, Joe Blow just off the street, unless he's fucking good at games, will pick up Shadow Priest, get to 10 stacks in Void Form, and, you know, his insanity is going to be like, oh, you know, and he's going to be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Meanwhile, like, Cappy's at 50, and it's like, <sighs> like, you, yes, you miss one global, order. you're out. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and even me to a lesser extent, like 45 stacks or whatever, because, you know, raid leading and playing Shadow Priest at the same time is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But I thought Fire Mage and raid leading was the hardest thing you've ever done. No, it's not hard. It's just not fun. No. I don't like the combust playstyle. Uh, as far as difficult, Shadow Priest plus raid leading at the same time. Shadow Priest on its own is difficult. Raid leading on its own can be difficult. When you add the two together, it's definitely difficult. But, well, yeah, it's as far as any other class... I like all the other classes. Like, thematically, I like some. Uh, mechanically, I like others. Like, I, I've always loved Enhancement, just mechanically. Super fun, fast, high APM playstyle. You're mashing all your buttons and hitting the bosses, whatever. I fucking love Ferals. They've always been dog shit, but I love them. <laughs> That's... But, yeah, I don't know. Man, that is community perception, and we're not... We're probably not going to get into it as a topic today, but I'm sure we'll get into it eventually. But... Oh, Ferrell's really got the shaft with community perception. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a good player playing Feral to be like, hey, look, I'm doing damage. You're all wrong. I think Drew could be the one. <laughs> I, Is he the chosen one? Whenever I was raiding earlier, <laughs> no. <laughs> whenever I was raiding <laughs> earlier on my Hunter, there was a Feral Druid that I raided with that was top three pretty consistently. They're out there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, since we kind of went into it a little bit with alts, let's uh, let's crack into this one with whoa, alts. Whoa, whoa, hold on! You didn't answer. What class won't you play? <laughs> uh, I I did answer, but I answered before I asked the question. A caster. I won't play a caster. You won't see me oh, yeah, okay, on a right. mage, warlock, boomkin, nothing. Right. My my brain didn't order it that way. So when you said that before the question, I was like, "But you didn't answer, even though you literally did." Okay, I'm just dumb. Keep going. Established. <laughs> All right. Every week it's got to be established again. <laughs> so, alts in Shadowlands. Just as a topic, how do you guys feel alts are going to work out in Shadowlands? Do you think that? I mean, we can all remember back. We all started at the launch of BFA. Some of us played two characters, but now I in Shadowlands, two of the same character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all the research, because we spent the past week like digging up every little scrap of information on Shadowlands that is currently available. Rise, we'll start with you. How do you feel about alts going into Shadowlands? And we'll just cover the first raid tier. Like, we aren't going to say the entirety of Shadowlands is what alts are going to be like. Just what we have available to us. 
So I want to say right up front to people that are like, oh, you know, I want to play multiple characters in Shadowlands. Um, the way that I'm going to construe my wording is that I think it is possible, but it is very unlikely, and it's going to make your game experience very unfriendly with all the research I have done. Um, having to already level from one to or fifty to sixty is going to take you know probably a day or so, depending on how hard you're pushing or you know if you're stopping for side quests or you know other things. But uh, most of the time when you push through, then all of a sudden you're going to have all these game choices. You're going to have to make a couple hundred decisions about your conduits, uh, which you know club you're going to join is the way that I like to think of it. Um, you're going to be wanting to do all your dungeons. You're going to be wanting to pick up all your profession stuff. You're going to be drawn around to do all these side quests, including world quests, weeklies, dailies, everything. So when you're thinking about that kind of grind and staying consistent, at least from a higher level perspective, uh, being able to do that effectively on multiple characters is going to be nigh impossible, in my opinion, with the current game systems. I think it, to some degree, it's doable, but one of your two characters will slack behind significantly, just because there's so much to do, there's so much information to process, that most of the time, you won't even get the information right on your first character, which I also think is a, a real big shame, and that's something that we'll, you know, probably talk a little bit about later. But uh, there's, there's way too many choices, there's going to be a lot of busy work. And yeah, if you're planning on, you know, just making a character for raid, Sired and Atherius and uh, that raid tier doesn't come out for, you know, a month and a half. Or, you know, at least a couple weeks. So, you have some time, but I really think people aren't realizing how hamstring you're going to be by all the game systems that are being put in place to uh, delve into and make sure that you're doing on a weekly basis to keep your character updated. So, again, just short and sweet, I think it's possible, but it's going to be very, very unlikely for a lot of people to hold alts to a high standard and be able to do them effectively. I think I can add on to that a little bit. Um, there's two things that you basically just brushed past pretty quickly in that that I think warrant a little bit deeper of a conversation. The first one being um, the game systems. Now... Obviously, you're going to want your Legendary, and obviously you're going to have to go and get your Covenant and get all of your, um, what's it called, Conduits, and you want to you start working down that stuff as fast as possible. But there are certain things like Rep Grinds, for example, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth later, that you don't necessarily need to do. Like in BFA and even Legion, um, you know, you wanted to get to Exalted to get that, you know, normal raid quality gear that you couldn't farm elsewhere. You couldn't even get something equivalent to it elsewhere uh, before raid. So you wanted to get Exalted. Um, the way it's going to work in Shadowlands from every source I've read, watched, seen, everything, is that anything that's regarded to player power is locked at Honored. So Honored is going to be much more accessible. Uh, the other thing was... Um, as far as professions go, if you're a raider and you really want to maintain two characters, I think it's possible, but you are going to have to give up some sacrifices. Um, you only have to do the Torghast twice a week for uh, your Ash shit for your legendaries. So that's not too bad, but world quests are a lot different. Instead of being one minute and you're done, it's 15 minutes per quest, which can take a little bit more time. So that's going to throw that off too. But the things that you can give up on are professions and stuff. If, if you want to just buy your base legendary item, because you need the base to make the legendary, if you want to just buy that off the auction house, you totally can. You don't have to go and farm up all that stuff and then make it and all that stuff. So you can save time there. It's just, if you're one of those people who has a full-time job 
and then you get home, you know, have dinner with your family or whatever, and then you've only got four or five hours to play every night. I I highly doubt you're going to have time to level and then maintain two characters because it's not like once you level cap, you're done. Once you level cap, then you got to get into heroic dungeons, start getting geared up, get into mythic dungeons, get into mythic plus dungeons, start spamming as many as you can to get as geared as you can. If you get really good luck, yeah, you can do, you know, 15 mythic pluses and get one item for every slot and you're good for raid. But the chances of that happening are incredibly small. Yeah, it's going to take a lot more time commitment. And then duplicate that because you're going to have to do it twice because you want another character. I think it's often overlooked the amount of work that goes into one character. And honestly, I feel like most people outside of probably the top tier of raiders, which let's be honest, we're not right now in that position, but I always think of these things. But people outside of, like, Limit or BDG or whatever don't think about the fact that all of that time commitment does add up. And people think once they hit cap, they go do a couple Mythic Pluses a week, that that's good enough. And at least in my mind, it's not. So if you want to add another character on top of that, good fucking luck. But there are things that you can cut out that you don't have to do if you want to save time. I I don't think it's going to be feasible. I like how the three of us are pretty much on the same wavelength. I want to hear Ganju's version, because uh, unless I'm mistaken, he mentioned something about playing another character at the start of Shadowlands? Yeah, I am apparently a masochist at this point now. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I definitely do agree with both Jay and Rise's comments on how difficult it's going to be. But as Jay also mentioned, there is things that you can cut out, and professions is definitely one of them. I already don't work on fucking professions. That is horrible. I hate professions, honestly. They're becoming and more relevant. I know they yeah, are becoming more relevant, but I, I still cannot stand them. I think it's a terrible system on how they how they are going about it. You know, the it, I don't I don't like it, but. Doing some of the dailies, yeah, that that's going to be difficult to try to maintain both. Having to do all of your dailies, trying to clear the board for both characters, that's, yeah, that's where I'm kind of drawing the line, where I'm not going to clear the board with both characters. The mage is my main, the warlock is an alt. It will be, you know, gear ready and everything like that as far as, you know, uh, progression goes. Say we need a warlock for whatever reason because Soju shit the bed and uh, the Otter decided to post out one night or, you know, something like that. And we don't have a warlock, but, you know, Nithin's there and he's playing Arcane. And we get, you know, that little 5% buff from him. So I can just easily swap over to my warlock. Yeah, I'm not going to keep up with everybody, but I'm still going to do better than you know most other people would because my my gear will still be there fair point all right you you can be the maskist i'm uh <laughs> thank you for your sacrifice um i'm a potential chance i'll be joining you too but uh we'll just have to really wait and see right right now it, it just looks like it's uh pretty defeating to try to make two characters that are anywhere near ready. Go ahead, Jay. 
I was going to mention, um, despite everything that I just said, I'm also going to have a second character ready. It won't be raid ready. Like, I'm not going to go quite insane, but I want to have it to the point where it's leveled up within the first week or two. That way, if it turns out that brew is just not going to be good enough, I will have a backup so that I can just switch over, ram Mythic Pluses down its throat until it gets geared enough to tank and take it. And that'll likely be a Blood Death Knight or Vengeance Demon Hunter. I am totally, I'm one and done. It's a, and it's a rare for me. Uh, I was going to say, this is reverse land, because right. normally we're all doing one character and you're doing four. <laughs> right. Uh, typically, I do at least two simultaneously, and sometimes three yep. or four. But yeah, I just looking at it and, you know, my experience with BFA really taught me uh, that the Shadowland systems, in terms of the time sinks that you're going to have to go through are really similar. Yeah. I think... Speaking of the things that you can cut out, I uh, professions is one of those things. Um, and as I said... I didn't want ever, I don't want anybody to like cut off the conversation there and just be like, "Cool, we don't have to do professions. Professions are going to be fucking awesome. Weapon oils are back, sharpening stones are back, weight stones are back. All of that stuff is back. So, I mean, blacksmiths, leather workers because you get armor patches now, you know, they're consumable buffs that last for 2 hours. So, um if you're a member of the Psy raid, make sure you are coming to raid prepared with health pots, DPS pots, food, Weight stones, or sharpening <laughs> stones, or oils, and leather patches, like leather yeah. patches. Bring all of that stuff. You're gonna need it. And if you're not, you might get sat. We have people to sit. So. <laughs> but I'm already sitting. What do you mean? Well, you know, I guess I guess one of the things that I would like to segue into is uh, one of the things that is kind of disheartening in like the current state of BFA is when you log onto a new character, you're kind of time-gated by a week-to-week -week system about how you can get some of your gear. Like, if you want the top end, the highest quality gear, you have to do a Mythic, you know, 15, and then you randomly get assigned one piece of gear. If you want to do, you know, the Mythic Raid and get Raid gear, you can only do that once a week. You know, if you're doing high-level PvP, you can only get your Conquest box once a week. But um, one thing that, you know, is, is pretty key to notice... Um, about that system is that there's a lot more like valuable loot that you need. so like when you're thinking of like what do i need for you know the raid um to be prepared like the game systems are going to be a lot easier to have access to everyone's going to be able to have all these professions so you're going to be able to do all of these professions to be able to inkling out that extra little percent of gear plus like as far as the reward systems that you're getting for the week you're having a lot more options so um you guys as far as the reward system talk about that yeah, if you guys or if you guys want to transition to that, if, unless you guys have something more to say about professions, but uh, uh, did I, mean, I mention that they were you know kind of shitty? Yeah, yes, you did. Thank <laughs> you. you. Did Got that, that impression. Okay. So, okay, so let's let's move on to then the new uh, reward types things that you can do. I, for one, fucking love this. If you don't like Mythic Plus, you don't have to do Mythic Plus. You can just do you know fucking dungeon or not dungeon. Sorry, that is. I'm retarded. If you don't like dungeons, uh, you can just do dungeons. Yeah, if you don't like Mythic Plus, you can just do Mythic Plus. No, but if you don't like Mythic Plus, you can just do PvP. And, like, you can, you know, how you can get your, like, uh, Conquest cash right now, or you can get your Mythic Plus cash right now. Like, you can get both of them. In Shadowlands, you're going to have 
like nine different boxes to choose from that depended by what kind of content you did last week. And the more of the content that you do, the more that you get to choose from and you get to see what the results are. So if you get a thousand conquest or whatever, you know, maybe it's like we've randomly determined that this will give you a trinket. And you did a Mythic 15 last week, and it's like, we've randomly determined you get a weapon. You get to determine, like, well, I already have my best in slot trinkets. I guess I'll take the weapon. Like, but there's, like, nine different options depending on the content you did last week. I think that is probably one of my favorite changes that they've made uh, in regards to how you get weekly shit. I, I just, I think that's fantastic. Oh, right, hand, hands down. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, especially with someone, I um, can't believe I'm going to say this, someone like myself that's, you know, every other week pushing pushing keys and doing 10 or more uh, Mythic Plus dungeons that I still only get one random piece of gear that isn't even an upgrade. The fact that you yeah. can put in extra work on just on paper and have a chance to get like nine different options that you can just look through and choose. And plus, if you're doing the higher content, the, the stuff is better. So if you're doing, you know, a mythic plus five, you know, if that's the cap and you do that multiple times, you're going to find gear that is rated to that content. But if so, if you're doing 15s or 10s or whatever the new cap is at any given time, you're going to be getting gear that's associated with that content. So not only does it reward players that are doing harder content, but it also kind of gives a reason to like push keys, to like do a bunch of dungeons, to do a lot more PvP. Yeah, you don't have to do it. It's not a requirement. But the fact that you can go and choose now just makes that game system so much more friendly. And it's also going to make it much better for raiders because now you get to choose. It's not the box gave me crap not week nine. And then week 10, I got a 1% upgrade. It's every week I can choose. Do I want the 1% upgrade? Do I want the sword, trinket, ring? You know, I can choose now. I think that that's a, a huge and step in the right one of One of the best parts about that that I didn't mention, and you were just about there, um, is if you don't like any of your nine options, you can just take currency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, like, I mean, there's if also... If you look at all your options and they all suck, just take the gold and run. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's, it's making the game much more alt-friendly, much more main character-friendly. It's going to make gearing so much easier and so much cleaner. It's it's probably one of the best changes in my eyes that's coming to Shadowlands. It's also kind of catering to the quote-unquote casuals that literally just raid log, or even towards the end of expansions, kind of like what most of us are doing right now. You get 115 done, you raid log, literally that's it. That if you are, if your guild is full clearing, or even if you're not part of a guild and you're full clearing, you still have those options. You still have three options that you can choose from rather than just getting dicked by one piece. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do we we do we know all the nine sources? It's uh, rating, Mythic Plus, and PvP, right? Yeah, so I actually did a lot of research on the Great Vault. So it's uh, if you kill three raid bosses, you get one box. Then seven raid bosses, you unlock the second, and then ten raid bosses in a week, you get the third. For Mythic Dungeons, it's one key, four keys, and ten keys. And then for Conquest, it's 125, uh, 350, and then 875 Conquest. So if you're, you know, if you're grinding really hard on one character, getting 875 Conquest in a week, that's that's not too difficult. Might take you a day, a day and a half of doing, you know, some bounties that are related to PvP. If you're running keys on a good push week, you're easily going to do 10 keys in a week. And then if you're a part of a raid team, whether you're doing normal, heroic, or mythic, as long as you kill 
10 bosses, the difficulties are relevant, you get the, the three choices there. So you go into next week after putting in a full week of work on your character, and you get to look at, like, three pieces of raid gear that you can potentially roll, three pieces of PvP gear you can potentially roll, and three pieces of dungeon gear you can potentially roll. It's just fantastic. It's It definitely is so good for catering for every type of player, and even the, casuals, as Nick said. Yeah, because the, what you guys are pointing out is the lunatic version, where you do... 10 keys, 10 bosses, and what, 850 okay. conquests? Yeah, that will get you all nine selections. You won't get all nine pieces. You get to pick one of the nine. Yeah. So yeah. the people that aren't lunatics, that only do a key, do you know four bosses in raid, you still got a selection of three. And that's just, yeah. because you're, just because you went and did what you do every week anyway. At the end of the week, you get a selection of three different items. Yeah, and if and if you're one of those people that likes to raid, and you'll do one key a week because it's required by your raiding guild, and aside from that, you like to PvP a little bit with a couple of your friends every week. Well, all you gotta get is you know like like uh, Rise had said, like what 150 conquests for the first one and like yeah. 500 for the second one. That's pretty attainable. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, just by you know raiding with your guild. You know, doing one key and a couple of uh, PVPs, like you'll have four or five options every week, very, very easily. I think it's probably yeah, like I said, it's one of my favorite changes that they've made because it just it opens up options and it's. I am one of those terrible, um, terrible people with luck, where like my mom always says, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any. Um, I went for a string there on my mage uh, when I was briefly playing mage uh, before I main switched to <coughs> Shadow Priest after I main switched from another class and another class. Um, I went for a string there of 12 weeks where I got nothing. Yeah, Absolutely I'm nothing. literally in the middle of that drought right now. I haven't gotten a single good piece of gear since, well, I got the pants when, back when you were playing your mage. Yeah. That's rough. It's, it's one of those things that is just if I could at least have options and I can see that all nine options are garbage and I go, well, okay, at least I had options. I'll take the gold. I would so right. much rather do that. There's nothing I hate worse than logging on on a Tuesday, you know, uh, cause I'll often come home for lunch on a Tuesday, open up my chest and be like, Ooh, what am I going to get? Dog oh, shit. It's a shard. It, it's <laughs> a shard. I, I don't even know what the item is. I just know that it's, it's going to be disenchanted and Oh, disenchantment's done. It's a shard. Like that is one of my biggest pet peeves about the current system. But speaking of differences from the current system, um, one of the things that I like uh, as well in regards to like rating and how they changed loot. Uh, small sidestep. I love master loot. I think it was a great thing. I don't like that they took that away um, for BFA. Uh, that's just me. Like, I think personal loot is terrible. There are certain classes that do better with loot, and for progression, you want to feed uh, gear to that class and unfortunately if somebody of an undesirable gear class gets an item they can't trade it because they don't have an equipped higher item level it, it's stupid i think if you're in the same guild maybe you should be able to toggle whether or not you want to be able to trade something sooner i think that would be a great change um because i'm willing to give up gear to somebody who's better if it means the guild's going to progress anyone um but one of the things i really like that they're also doing as well as the loot from the end of the week stuff is when you kill bosses you get tokens and then I you can take those tokens. I believe it's only for weapons. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or did they, uh, did they announce more on that? Uh, I, I I didn't see if there was any armor yet, but 
the the thing that I'm most excited for uh, that I saw was the tokens that you can get for weapons, shields, offhand, stuff like that. I yeah. believe armor is something that you just loot, but I think raid loot is all tokens. It might just be for the weapons. But I, um, again, I, one thing that I was like, loot's my last priority on research. Yeah, for, for <laughs> the research that it. I looked at, it looked like all of the weapons and offhand stuff. So any shields, stabs, bows, you know, all that stuff was related mm -hmm. to a token, which, to be fair, is also a very big thing. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen if they have them for armor, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route because I think that that's a healthy route. But um, yeah, I think that that's also one of the best changes. Being able to have a hunter in your guild get a weapon token drop. Like At that point, it's the hunter only can get bows and crossbows. Maybe a polearm if they're awkwardly playing survival hunter. You know, No judgment to them. Not throwing shade yet. But um, if you are playing that class and you get a weapon drop, if you already have that bow or if there's no other hunters in your raid, that loot is worthless. So the fact that, you know, I can be on a Shaman now and I can get a one-handed fist weapon token drop and then I can say, hey, does anyone actually need a weapon? And a hunter can say, yeah, I need a crossbow. I can give him my token, that's a weapon token, he can go to a vendor and it produces a crossbow. Or he could give it to a warlock and it could produce a staff. Or he could give it to a mage and it could produce a wand. Obviously there are tiers of who I can actually trade with, but I think that is also a very, very healthy change because it makes some classes have like almost like a toxic set of loot where when you're looking for, you know, a hunter, they have to kill this boss because it's the only boss in the entire raid that drops a bow and the bow has good stats. And then if you don't get that for 10 weeks, you're screwed. But now- yeah, In present day, it's Skitra in Nyarotha. <laughs> exactly. Every hunter wanted to be in for Skitra. And, you know, it's like, crap, we got to cycle in the hunters. <laughs> all right, hunters. <laughs> and we're like sitting them for prog because they don't do damage. And then they all get their bows and it's like, okay, now they're in for prog, but like you couldn't use them before they got the bow. Now that problem is gone. Like, you just take that token and put it, you know, on somebody else who's going to better use that item, or you know, and get whatever. your skitterbow. If yeah, yeah, or like it, you know, like Rise said, if he already got a weapon and he gets another token, he can just be like, "Here's a weapon, hunter. Go get your skitterbow." <laughs> exactly. Or if you're working on, let's say, if you are working on skitra, yeah, lol, uh, and your bis weapon drops off carapace. And it's a one-hander. You're screwed. If yeah. you cannot get that one-hander, then you are literally just a floor licker. Yeah, you're gimped pretty much forever. And now you could probably kill the first or second boss of a raid tier, trade that weapon get token for five different classes, and boom, everyone now has their weapons near the start of progression. And that's a huge change, getting that extra weapon damage. Definitely. I'm getting the sense that that was a little bit of a personal experience for you, Ganja. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, my bis weapon does drop off of Terrapiss, but... And no, I did not get it. Uh, I coined and I didn't get it either. <laughs> I coined and got nothing either. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to trade it to you if I got it. Um, but I coined and then looted and neither of them gave me anything. Speaking so, of... Yeah. Try it. Did you see Air's uh, clip from our kill on Carapace? Oh, Dude, yeah. As, as a side note... Press button, get loot. Face. Seeing his face, how happy he looked, that's the reason that people rated that right. level. It's, it's, oh, shit! It's such a fucking oh, shit. rush that boss died. What? Where is this? What channel is it in? It's in streams. Mm -hmm. Is it in streams? I have that channel muted. Oh, it's the well, only yeah, channel you have muted, one. then. Yeah, go check in there for it at some point. Oh, I'm doing it right now. Um, <laughs> Live, on the air. I guess for just to throw it out as a quick side note, um, and we'll be talking about a lot of topics tonight, but one of the things that I think, uh, I'm not sure if all of us share this similar opinion, but um, 
the opinion that I share a lot heavily uh, in terms of the research that I've done as far as most of these changes. Um, anything that has a you know player um, uh, agency where you can choose your own things, those are the good game systems. And I feel like we'll talk about a lot of game systems later that you don't have that agency in, and those are the ones that people are kind of uh, sketched out about. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Just as a general I mean, that's a strong lead into Covenants, because that's what Blizzard is selling Covenants as, is players get to make their decisions here, and they have consequences. Woof. I have have, uh, thoughts that I'm sure all of you will agree with. Covenants, take the power off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I think it's too late, though. I mean, they said they have a ripcord, whatever that means. So if it doesn't work, then they can just cancel it. But like, let's let's be honest. They want us to choose covenants based on what we like thematically and whatever. But um, as a brewmaster, I'm not going to be taking Venthyr. So if I like vampires, which I do, I really like vampires. Like <laughs> fucking Bram Stoker's my spirit animal. But <clears throat> nope, can't do it. It's so fucking bad for brewmasters that it's not an option. The other three? Yeah, fine options. One of which is slightly lesser than the other two. But otherwise, it's just not an option that you can take. I mean, at least you have options. Whereas, you know, with Mage, uh, Skeleton from Meldraxxus, it is vastly far behind compared to Venthyr's Mirror of Torments. Or even with Warlock, picking Meldraxxus. If I wanted to pick Kyrian for whatever reason... I'm losing out on Decimating Bolt that I already told you guys before you even started this. Yeah, they nerfed it, but it's still a massive, you know, stacking buff to my one drain soul that, you know, that could be make or break for killing a ball. Yeah. And, well, you know, some of the weird things for some of the classes is uh, sometimes people look at an ability and they're like, oh, well, that doesn't seem that impactful. But you have to consider that it's it's such a multi-dimensional thing. When you're picking that choice, you're not just getting one ability. Um, is that something we want to jump into now, or do we do we have a, do we want to hit on uh, other topics first? I think we should uh, not skip the next topic. We can come back to covenants and conduits. Sure, fair enough. Because this. We we can hit we can hit the next topic and then come back to covenants because there's something very important in the next topic that I feel will lead us perfectly right back into covenants. Okay. In a very, I've been gearing up for this conversation all week. <laughs> Put it that, that way. Is that that thing that Cappy and I really like? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. We, we, uh, for the stream uh, and for the vod, we had some drama in the guild this week. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, it wasn't anything anybody was going to G-quit over, but basically there was an argument between um, some people who can choose to identify themselves or not. Uh, The argument was based on um, Mythic Plus and how Covenants will come into play. So the the next topic that we were going to talk about anyways was Mythic Plus, so I'll kind of breach these two at the same time. Um, Hold on, before before we get into Mythic Plus... How about we just talk about the dungeons themselves? Like, be- before, okay. like, we go into them. We aren't hitting Mythic Plus Day 1. We're going to experience the dungeons. And have you guys checked them out? And what do you think of the dungeons overall from not a Mythic Plus standpoint? 
So I, I'll go ahead to start because I looked at a lot of the dungeons, including uh, how they, you know, acted, uh, even routing for them for, you know, as far as what people would think is Mythic Plus later. But uh, the dungeons actually look really good. Uh, the most important thing is that they fit a really good thematic theme for each zone. Like what yep. you can definitely tell when you're in zone to zone. And it also lines up pretty well, I would say, with the storyline. Uh, I'm not going to try to spoil many of the storylines specifically, but um, they all really flow well. They lead into each other. They actually feel like they have a purpose. Um, some of the boss fights definitely feel a little overtuned. Uh, and maybe that's just because of how beta footage looks or, you know, people don't have their max out characters yet. Um, but some of those fights in some of those dungeons look like they are going to be like miniature raid bosses to where I even think you might need certain classes to be able to kill those bosses anyway. Even on just like a, a lower mythic standard uh, going into mythic plus that might be really difficult for some groups. But uh, I think it's really important that they flow really well. The art style in there is really, really cool. And it's different mechanics. It's not the same shit that you've seen a boss does this, a boss cleaves, and then a boss does this interruptible cast or whatever. It's There's a lot going on. They feel like almost like mini theatrical raid bosses, which is really, really a good thing, I think, that the game needs. Because it also gives players that are more casual, when they go in there, it makes them feel like they're doing this great, grand adventure, that they're killing this huge, important, lore-related boss, when in reality, they're just doing a normal dungeon for their first clear on week two because they're a total casual. But I think that the dungeons right now look really, really good overall. Um, little concerned with some of the loot that you get from dungeons, but I guess that's not as important right now. Um, as, as far as the dungeons go, I, I agree with you what you said about them, you know, thematically and all that stuff. Uh, the ones that I've specifically kind of uh, put like a little asterisk next to because I think they're cool... Um, the, the one that I'm most excited to check out is, uh, the Halls of Atonement. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I really like the whole thematic, uh, sense of it, like, you know, coming up on the church and then, you know, you got that, uh, uh, Lord Chamberlain, I think his name is, um, at the end, just, oh, the whole theme is super edgelord, dark and kind of cruel. And I, and I just love it. Uh, on the flip side of that, Spires of Ascension looks dope. I mean, like, oh, I don't know. So cool. Theater of Pain looks really freaking cool, as well as right? the kind yeah. of everything on how you're going about it being mm -hmm. placed in a coliseum, basically, where all of the Maldraxxus uh, Covenant people are watching you go through and fighting all these, you know, giant patchwork hulks and crawling through the catacombs underneath the Coliseum trying to make your way out and beat the quote-unquote, you know, tournament or whatever. I think that right there is probably the pinnacle of all the dungeons out of the ones that they have put in. Just since you guys were naming specific dungeons, I think the other side... I was gonna going mention to that one. The other that side, for, for those casual players that haven't experienced, like, a true raid boss, they're gonna get into that dungeon and, uh, again, without spoiling it, the last boss is going to feel like a real raid encounter for them. It's going to be a massive ordeal. And with the mechanics especially going into, like, a mythic difficulty, that dungeon looks really fucking hard. But it's going to be so rewarding when you end up clearing it. That's probably going to be my favorite dungeon. I mean, Hakkar is the first boss. Of course it's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like spoilers, but... The other way, or yeah, the other side, because... And this is something that really surprised me. It, it's simple layout. And not only, like, well, 
you're obviously going to go here to there to there to there to there done like there's no deviation really and you can see it from the very beginning from the entrance you're like well i know what i'm doing here i guess i better start cracking and i actually think that works for it just in in my opinion on how it goes which is weird because normally i like the more complex dungeons but just the simple design really drew me to to that one but since we've given a brief thought an overview of uh, dungeons in general i think now uh, we can crack on into the into mythic plus thoughts how how the changes uh are gonna affect mythic plus everything about mythic plus Uh, i've got the stage for you here okay so the conversation in our guild's mythic plus dungeon chat um Firstly, let me say, I love Mythic Plus. I think it's fucking awesome. And I know Meeps is sitting there going, no, it's not. I'm going to do one a week and I'm out. But um, I love it. I think I think it's awesome. It kind of gives me vibes a little bit of challenge modes. I know it's not the same thing. Um, I love the competitive aspect of it. I love the fact that you know it has a cap. So if you just want to farm gear, you get to the cap and you're done. But I love the fact that you can push even higher. Things like Raider.io have made it uh, basically a competitive leaderboard, you know, essentially of... You know who's got the biggest e dick, and I, I love that. I'm a very competitive person, so I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, okay, I'm not that being much... said, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna kind of tackle onto that. Is mm-hmm. I'm not much of a competitive person, hence why I don't PvP or play Apex or do any of that. But with Mythic Plus, it gives more life into dungeons, and it increases the amount of content that you can do very easily by continually pushing high keys and challenging yourself and pushing yourself to overcome those challenges very you know in a fun way because yeah you can pug but you get a group of friends together and you do it it's amazing it really gives the game replayability factor which is something that a lot of top end games or especially mmos seem to suffer from because you can only do certain content you know every x amount of time with the mythic plus every week you're getting a new key, a new difficulty, a new set of things that you have to go by, and it really changes it. So it does give that replayability factor, which is really, really important for the game. Um, yeah, and so really quickly, let's take an aside and answer the second part of this question before we come back to it. Sure. All right. This one that I'm highlighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to that one first. Because the other one's going to be like 30 minute rant fest and not just from me. Well, then I'll pose the question because I really don't have any idea for this because you guys do much more Mythic Plus than I do. I have a very different feel about the whole system than pretty much most of the people that play WoW, it seems like. Uh, So I do Mythic Plus. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes it's all right. But I'm not really interested in it. But do you guys have any ideas for cool affixes? Oh, uh, looks like Jay doesn't. Mm-hmm. Gondru, you want to take this? Oh. <laughs> Fuck, sure. <laughs> um, so uh, they did add a couple, well, a few new affixes this uh, this upcoming tier or this upcoming expansion with uh, inspiring, spiteful, and storming. Me being a range player now, coming from melee and seeing storming as an affix where it's just a random tornado coming out and throwing melee up into the air is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah, it's going to be fun to dodge. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. fantastic. Why did I switch to tank in this expansion? <laughs> but as the far as like... Ground effects. <clears throat> as far as like a cool idea for 
a different affects or something to that uh, idea is I like obelisks how they are right now, but with a little bit of a twist. Instead of them being in a set location, have it be like a thing from beyond that spawns every so often as far as like trash progression goes, you know, you get to 20% trash progression. Oh crap, there's this random obelisk that, you know, boss that spawned out of nowhere and he pulls you into his realm and then you start fighting him and kiting him to the next place that you want to take that portal to. Or, you know, something along those lines. That that would be my ideal for, like, a cool affix. I'll, I'll do you one better as a suggestion. When you start the key, four of the people in the key randomly are chosen to get a item that when you drop it on the ground, you it, you have to, like, kill, like, a mini-boss, which will then open up uh, a, a Shadow Realm skip for you. Very similar to that, but you got to kill the boss first. I think that would be very cool. That way you can put it anywhere you want. Yeah, that that would that would that would give you so many different routes for like Mythic Plus and stuff. Watching MDI and seeing like, you know, like, for example, if it's freehold, like they get to a certain percentage or whatever. Okay, we can have our obelisk now. Like, yeah, but let's not use it right here. Let's go to this place. We can skip just straight to here or whatever. Like, I think that would be. At the same time, that subverts the whole concept of Ganju's idea, (laughs) because. Uh, kind of. The way Ganju's idea would work is highly skilled and experienced groups will know which mobs to pull in which dungeons at what time and, and kill them at what time to have that same effect, essentially. So it's kind of a higher skill cap idea of that. Yeah. Yeah, having like a random note- aspect would make it just that much more difficult and it'd be that much more entertaining to do as well. On, on the note of a higher skill capped uh, affix, I came up with an affix that I think would be everybody's going to hate this, but. I call it overflowing, and uh, basically what it is, is every monster that you kill, um, every every time, like, let's say I pull five monsters, right, and we kill one, um, the percentage of its hit points immediately goes to every monster within 40 yards or whatever as a shield. Then you got to break oh. that shield. So if you got a big AOE pack of five monsters and you kill one before everything else, they all get a percentage of its maximum hit points as a shield. Plus, that also applies as a dot to everybody, or as a shield to all of your party members. So that'll have to get healed off, but you can still take damage while you have that shield. That's so, right. for example, if you're a DPS, stabby, 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 stabby. Oh, I got a 20k shield on top of me now. Your healer's trying to heal it. He's got to heal off that 20k shield before he can heal your actual hit points. So it's kind of like a two-way thing. I think it's very fucking difficult, but I, I like difficulty. So. I mean, that just... That sounds really close to bolstering. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It, it is, well, kind of, but it's, but it's like to both the monsters and to you. Yeah. That way you can get creative about how many things you want to pull at once. You can either pull really, really small and it won't be an issue, or if you want to pull big and pull ten monsters at once, you better kill them all at literally the exact same millisecond. Otherwise, everybody in your party is going to have this massive shield the healer's got to heal through, and all the monsters you're fighting are going to have this massive shield that your TPS got to TPS through. Speaking of big pulls... And it applies to bosses. Yeah, I think, there's no... There's an AoE cap. You can't pull big anymore. Right, I was about to say, that's something uh, we'll probably talk about, is the capped AoE. I believe you can. I believe you still can. It's going to be... like Okay, obviously there's going to be a cap. If your character... Say your ignite can only spread to five targets and you pulled ten. 
yeah, you, you, you can't pull 10 mobs and expect to nuke them all down at the same time. But I think you can still pull big. And you're just going to end up leaving a trail of bodies. It's not going to be they're all dead at one spot. I think it's still going to be more efficient to pull more and literally pick one monster out of all of that that needs to die ASAP. Everybody targets that, and the rest of it just gets cleaved down at random percentages or whatever. Then you go to the next priority target, nuke that down. By the time you've gotten three or four priority targets nuked down, the rest is all 20%. You finish it. I don't think it's as big a deal as most of the community seems to think it is. And I could be completely wrong. And to answer Gilvy's question, because I'm a masochist. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I, it'd be really hard for me to make at like a normal affix to go with, but uh, I think I would have an idea for a very interesting seasonal affix. Um, something that we might touch on later, uh, the Maw. Uh, I think that the Maw has a very interesting mechanic where as the, the bad man, the jailer, watches you, uh, he slowly man. ramps up a meter against you. How interesting would it be to have a meter like that in Mythic Plus? To where, you know, you've been in the dungeon, and, you know, you're under a certain time limit, but if you're taking a certain amount of time, uh, it's like the jailer spawns something against you, or, you know, you uh, deal with, you know, a mechanic where you have to, like, hide from him, or, you know, you have to kill, like, a Valkyr miniboss or something. But in the way that it's... It's based on a time limit of you being in there, not based on like a percentile thing. So a top mythic plus group will have to realize, oh, we're taking this long in the dungeon. If we're not killing these trash packs quick enough, by the time we're halfway fighting this boss, if we're not nuking the boss fast enough, it'll spawn this Valkyra that we have to kill. And that's that's because the jailer's meter went up to a certain extent. So instead of basing it off of how much trash percent have you killed, like in the past with um, uh, reaping. It would be instead, oh, it's time limit. So at some point, everyone knows that something's going to spawn. So you have to prepare for that time limit, whether that's you learn to pull different trash packs before a boss. That way you're not overlapping a boss with reaping or pulling a specific way where you have enough room to deal with the Valkyrie ad, something like that. I think that would be a really interesting mechanic. I think, I mean, isn't that like really close to what reaping is, though? Like once you get to kind a of. certain percentage? Well, yeah, so reaping was when you got to a certain percentage, all of the old ads would come back alive. What I'm suggesting yeah. is make it off of a time limit thing. So it's not based off of how much percent. It's, you know, say yeah. seven minutes, 30 seconds into the dungeon, it spawns one of three things. It could be like maybe a Valkyr, or maybe you guys get an extra action button where you have to be yeah. out of combat and you have to hide from the Jailer's Wrath, or like something like that where it's not necessarily random, but it's also not based off of something that you can always control to a perfect degree. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're fighting a boss and you look at a boss and say, can we kill this boss in three minutes or do we have to do something else and wait for this mechanic to come up? Because then it would be, maybe they have to change the lust timings to kill a boss before an awakened ad, or not awakened, but uh, this this uh, this new Valkyr ad shows up. Or, oh, are, you know, are we going to be able to get through this trash area and have enough space to deal with this ad that it's on? Something that's time-related, I think, would be a lot cooler than having something that's just percentile-related. Because percentile-related, any person can control and know exactly when they're going to trigger a thing. But if it's time-related, depending on what kind of team you have or what kind of damage you have, or depending on this affect of the week, it might be much harder to control that. I think that might make for a more competitive, uh, more difficult style of play for uh, seasonal affects like that. I think that uh, it was brought up in the chat, but I think in a non-linear dungeon, that sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a linear dungeon, think King's Rest, and you get to um, second boss, 
you're you know and yeah you're, and the, you're the door yeah, you isn't open you have to just stand there for three minutes and wait before you can fight the golem yeah but i mean that would that would then beg the question do you luster yeah. release you can push the golem a minute faster and then you just wait for 30 seconds before you spawn the ad or are is your good group enough like oh this boss is cake like think of like the the first boss or um maybe like the second boss of freehold um, like a boss that's easier can, in retrospect to like the King's Rest bosses. If the boss is really yeah. easy, can we go to the fourth boss of the dungeon and pull the last boss of Freehold with the ad that's going to spawn in 45 seconds and then we save Lust and we're basically just in execute phase anyway? Um, I, I, I think that would be really interesting to see what kind of teams would do and how they would tackle keys with something that's time related where they, they might not have the ability to practice it over and over. I, I think kind of adding on to that instead of it being like an ad that spawns or a mini boss or you know something like that i don't know how many of us were part of the pre-patch event of cataclysm but in certain areas deathwing would come over and just blast fire upon that entire area and if you were in that area you were dead but you never fought it you never well in the end of the expansion you did but <laughs> during that pre-patch you know he flew around the entire world and he was you know killing players and things like that so i think rather than having an ad or a mini boss or something like that have it be a quote-unquote layer uh effect you know it, every certain amount of trash or time or whatever you want to do with it have the jailer's fist come down and smash just you know this entire little part of the arena and if you're in that part of the arena you're fucked yeah but, that'd be really cool you know or you know something along those lines rather than having to deal with an ad that you know is literally everything else that you have to deal with an ad yeah, something like that could be really cool i just think it would be cool to have it be something that's that's almost random um, as far as like what it could produce, but more importantly, have it being scaled off of time. So if you're doing it with a new Mythic Plus group or a group that maybe doesn't do seasoned runs all the time, like an MDI team, it's something that is really unique and you have to make much more in-game decisions or like on, on the moment decisions about, are we pulling this pack? Do we have to go someplace else? Are we pulling this boss? Are we lusting early to, you know, avoid having this at a bad time? I feel like that would make it more competitive. Or at least that I, that's what I think would be a cool FX. Yeah. Oh, I just got a good idea too. Um, <laughs> I I got this mostly from a movie, but I just saw what Mojo said in chat. He said, based on what Rise said, makes me think of an affix and Torgas spawned at the entrance of the Mythic Plus and started walking towards the closest player. And after a certain time or percent, it was slow enough to control. Okay, remember the movie It Follows? Let's just have an ad that spawns and it chases you. And if it touches you, you die. And it can happen at any time. But you'll see it, and it'll always walk. So you can always outrun it. That sounds like corruption, so I'm going to have to <clears> give that note of that one, dog. And you can yeah, CC it? Yeah, but you it? can't get rid of it in any way. You can't kill it, you can't CC it, you can't stun it, nothing. You have to just... You can walk around it in circles, because you can run faster than it can walk, but you just have to keep moving. I think that would be fantastic. What about a I think if I think if you CC'd it, it would have to work, because nope. there would be some class no that would be impossible. Like you, how would you play a caster... Under that constraints. Easy. Easy. You walk five feet, cast for a second or two, and then walk five more feet. It goes at walking speed. You get go at running speed. So you're twice as fast as it. You just have to stutter step. It's going to mean your damage is lower, yes, but it's an affix. It's not meant to be a breeze. Yeah. No, I guess that's fair. And also, I'm a masochist. We went over this. 
Fair. <laughs> if you had one, Meeps, what do you think you would have? <clears throat> oh, I've been tuning out this whole conversation. Sorry. <laughs> You're not a Mythic Plus boy. <laughs> Uh, his affix is, as soon as you kill something, it gives you a portal straight to the end where you can click on a chest, get loot, and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> right. I like that affix. Yeah, I like that too. Can we implement that? <clears throat> it's, called the, it's called the meeps. <laughs> yeah. So where was the, um, the conversation segueing into before we went off on this tangent? <laughs> okay. Uh, I love the stream overlay now. That's great. Okay, so... <laughs> Since, since we finally touched the, the actual dungeons and the ideas for the cool affix, let's go back to the meat and potatoes of this topic. Um, Mythic plus how we think it's going to be in Shadowlands. Now, back to the conversation, the argument that was in, in our Mythic plus chat in our guild's Discord was basically about covenants and the new covenant Mythic plus things. Like, for example, if you're Night Fae, you get a skip in the dungeon. If you're Venthyr, you get a buff. You know, obviously they're in specific dungeons or whatever, but the fact that those are available in Mythic Plus essentially means that if you're in a very competitive team pushing for higher level keys or whatever, you essentially have to have one of every covenant in your group. That means four of your five players have to be different covenants. Which means if, for example... I don't want to be Night Fae, but we've already got a Night Fae in my Mythic Plus group. I then, you know, or we have everything but a Night Fae. I have to go Night Fae. Otherwise, my group is going to go find a Night Fae tank because they want that skip for, yes, that one specific dungeon. But if you're playing, if you're running with the same people every week, you're going to want to make sure that... You're not switching out, you know, this player for that player just so that you can go run this one dungeon to get this one bonus. Um, that means you either have to have four different covenants in your party, or if you don't, you just want to play whatever, you've got to have an alt, or somebody in that group has to have an alt with the appropriate covenant to make use of that benefit. If you don't get that buff, then you're not going to push as fast as all the other teams, and you're not as competitive, which just means you just lose. On I think I that is a really dumb choice. I do have still a little bit of faith in Blizzard as far as, you know, what you're talking about, you know, the Covenant-specific buffs or shortcuts or, you know, something like that, where in Plaguefall, the, one of the first dungeons that you do in, the, in Bastion, there is a, a spear that you can pick up if you are Kyrian, and it deals, a, you know, a decent amount of damage to a certain amount of enemies, I'm pretty sure, or a boss or, you know, something like that. They nerf that significantly in Mythic Plus. So if they nerf all the other things, or not even, well, yeah, even if they just nerf them to the point where they're minuscule to, if you take the time out to go and get them to use them, then it's just a waste of time. Then I think it'll still be fine. I, okay, so my point of view and the whole reason that this argument came about is because Okay, to be fair, I wish they would just take disable them in Mythic to Plus. <laughs> Thank you. I wish they I, I would like to see them disabled in Mythic Plus. Just so that we don't have the people whining. Well, take power away from Covenants, and that's gone. Because then if the if player power isn't tied to Covenant, then by that logic, Mythic Plus power wouldn't be tied to a Covenant, and it's a problem solved. Or they can just disable those buffs and shortcuts and everything in Mythic Plus only. Like I just said. Did you get them? 
Yep, I got him. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Well, here's one of the things, right? They they want to try to give players agency. However, the problem with that is that when it comes with a power tie, it really, really makes it awkward. Like, sure, one of those dungeons is, I think, the Night Fae one, correct me if I'm wrong. It's something absurd, like those mushrooms can give you like a 10% damage increase for like a couple minutes, which is absolutely bonkers. But when you look at some of the other ones, um, like another one of the dungeons, it's like, oh, when you kill a mob, they they drop this thing, and if you pick it up for like, I think it's like 10 seconds, you get like a 1% damage increase, and you can stack it, but it doesn't refresh stacks. So like, yeah, you might have some cool strategies, or yeah, it might feel really impactful, but if they're planning on making it like a competitive scene, like like an eSport kind of thing, I feel like they have to just hit the middle ground, and they have to just say, well, if people want to compete at you know a high level and on the leaderboards, either they have to make the decision of, yes, take away the player's power linked to their you know their choice which would feel bad for the casual players um but for the higher end players all of them are going to say this is an absolute stupid source because i shouldn't need a night fade to get 10 percent damage when fighting this certain boss and that's going to make or break you know doing a, a 25 or something like that so See, when whether the, that's the steep, issue i think that that's the problem if if it's something that like is almost irrelevant or if it's a fun flavor-based thing Sure, maybe I can get behind it, but when it gives when it gives players a feel like they need to do something in order to attain higher content, which they don't necessarily need it, but it may make their run easier, I think that's where the problem lies. Is because you're, you're Here's giving the issue though. The, the Night Fae one is literally a shortcut. So if taking the shortcut means you cut a minute off of your dungeon run, that is a competitive edge that whether it's an MDI team or somebody... Look, I'm not talking about the people that are just doing a 15 to get their weekly, to get their item for the week. Like, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who want to push keys. The people like, you know, Nick or, you know, Cappy or um, uh, Sage or, you know, any of those people that like to push keys. Kiki and um, Shantra come to mind. Like, if you want to push keys and you want to be competitive, if you can save literally a minute full 60 seconds or two minutes or whatever by, by taking a skip because you have the one person with a covenant to do that, that is like game changing. And especially when you look at an MDI and that 1% buff you were talking about that, you know, stacks but doesn't refresh or whatever, if you don't think that that is going to be massively uh, utilized, then that is just you're crazy. In the MDI they're, they're allowed to, you know, gear up with whatever gear they want, whatever corruptions they want in current stuff. They're going to be able to pick everything that they want. They're going to tailor their entire group around that. And if you look at, you know, BDG doing, you know, a no, <laughs> no Venthyr or whatever in this dungeon, and then you look at, like, you know, Golden Guardians or something, and they have a Venthyr in the dungeon that gives them, you know, 1% stacking or whatever, that person's damage will be drastically higher. You're looking at the best of the best in doing the Mythic Plus. That's MDI then yes, it's going to be a big difference. For most of us, it's not going to be. The problem yeah. is, everybody looks at those people, sees their opinions, and goes, yeah, that's right, because they're the best and they know what's right. And I I personally don't think that that's the right approach. Just do away with that whole thing, and you don't have to have that argument. Yeah, so, so part of it that I was getting after, and I think we still share some of the same core fundamental points, is... um. If they just get rid of it, that fixes the whole problem. I completely agree. Um, if they still want to have it and they want to make players feel like they're making a choice, linking power is always going to feel bad. doesn't matter who you are. 
And yeah, there might be some fallback in groups looking for, you know, a Night Fae tank for this dungeon because that's what they need or whatever. That's going to feel really shitty, like all across the board. But if they make it so that it's almost irrelevant, I think it would still be happy to have. Because if you're like a Night Fae and it's like, oh, well, you know, I get like a small little buff or, you know, maybe I get like a small absorb shield or something that's that's irrelevant. Or maybe like, you know, having like a time cut via a route is something that's a bit extreme but if it was if, if it was something that was irrelevant or just a flavor thing or maybe if it was just not related to how quickly you do the dungeon but if it was like a rep thing or something that just didn't matter for the speed at which you do a dungeon i'd be fine with having that but again the problem is you're telling a bunch of players that their agency doesn't matter because suddenly you have to form a certain group with those certain things and that's taking away the player's choice i think that's where the fundamental problem lies the most i would just and say ultimately just and ultimately, they're not thinking about... The, they may be thinking about, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have player choice, and, you know, if you're Nightfae, you're going to have this skip, and it's going to save you a minute or whatever. And, you know, maybe they're thinking, well, MDI teams, they're going to have one of everything because, you know, whatever. They don't care about that difference. The problem that they're not thinking about is the... the fact that if anything in the game is tied to power everyone will go for that very few people play a class simply because they enjoy that class even when it's shit you are an anomaly you play an ellie shaman when it's shit because you enjoy ellie shaman but most people if ellie shaman was as shit as it's been for as long as it's been most other people would be like you know what i'm gonna go play a different class and especially if you're competitive if you're Again, if you're in limit, they're not bringing an Ellie Shaman to, you know, Carapace, for example. They're stacking mages and paladins and hunters and warriors. Like, I mean, just look at any world first kill and you can see that. Look at all of the MDIs. Like, this entire last season, we had one Shadow Priest in the MDI. And that team was eliminated right away. Now, don't get me wrong. Just making it to the MDI means a lot. And the fact that a team with a Shadow Priest made it to the MDI is like, holy shit. It changed perceptions on what a Shadow Priest can do. Before that guy showed up in the MDI, Shadow Priest, you would not get invited to any keys. Unless you had a group and you made it on your own. Because nobody is bringing Shadow Priest. They're garbage. They're not Fire Mages. They're not BM Hunters. They're not Demon Hunters. Or Rogues. DKs. Anyway. Yeah. But well, that, that's, that's the issue. Is If you're not one of those things, you're not going to get brought. And if there's player power assigned or associated in any way whether it's through Covenant or whatever, you will most likely spend more time in queue looking for a Mythic Plus than you will in Mythic Plus looking for gear. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Nick? I was just going to say that, you know, uh, they even in MDI right now, they, they still don't really bring rogues because that's what a BM Hunter is for. They do more damage. They can literally do almost the same exact things that all rogues can do, so... Well, the, the highest push groups, like the, the world top pushers that are doing like 30s, 31s in the very rare cases, every single one of them, it's the exact same comp. It, it's a demon hunter, it's a rogue, and it's a mage on every single one. They don't change anything because that's just what they found to be the best. But I guess that's a, a little bit of a different topic. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, slightly. But um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think that as long as it's not related to player choice if, if it's something irrelevant 
I would be fine with them having it, but if it's going to change the competitive scene, which, to be fair, most of the game, when the competitive scene or the MDI comes out, that has a trickle-down effect. When people are watching the World First Race, or when people are looking at charts to see what does the most damage, that's usually when people make their decisions about what they want to play or how they want to do a dungeon or how they handle a certain raid fight because they're it's the trickle-down effect. They're watching the pros. Pros are saying this is the best, or at least this is what they're using, so I'm going to use the same thing. Um, do I think that that's going to change the whole community, though? No, because there's a lot of clashing information there. If you want to be the best, you know, for example, if you want to be the best arcane mage, you might find out after some theory crafting and doing the math with a bunch of the people that picking Night Fae is the best, for example. But then you might see an MDI team where it's they have an arcane mage and he's Venthyr. And then all of a sudden you have to ask yourself, well, do I pick the Venthyr because they picked it for the MDI team? Or do I pick it because that's what they were picking in Raid? Or do I pick this other one because, you know, this other class is good? So I, there's going to be a lot of clashing information on top of that. So I really hope it's not going to matter. And I really doubt that with all the other things going on, that people are going to be super concerned with having every single one of those buffs, unless you are the absolute top echelon of player and you're pushing the highest possible content. As, so they just need to make it that it's, it's not as impactful. Less impactful, and then it will be totally fine, and people will play the way they want to play or whatever they think is numerically the best way to play. I think that's what Blizzard is trying to grasp is... Uh, when they say player choice, that's what they mean right there. Is the you problem... know you have oh, go ahead, it, go ahead. You know you have like you said conflicting information of the Venthyr and Meeps. You are distracting the fuck out of me. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you have you know I'm I'm gonna use Mage as an example. You have the Venthyr, which is Mirrors of Torment, which is you know quote unquote Bis right now. But then you go to Maldraxxus and the Necrolords, and you have Skeletal Magi, which it's only a 10% damage increase, but if they nerfed or buffed one of the other to the point where they're, you know, just ever so slightly, that's when the player choice comes into effect is, what do I think, you know, is going to be better for my playstyle, or what is going to be better for the content that I do mostly, which is PvP, or Mythic Plus, or Raid, or even just questing what's going to be best for what I like to do for the content that I do. And I think that's what Blizzard was trying to say when they made this Covenant power connection and all this crap that they're trying to push on us. If they just balance it into a, a, a good way, then it, I think it'll be fine because I'm okay with power being connected like this it just needs to be balanced correctly and them saying that it's near impossible for them to balance it they can do it i if i literally just sat here for five minutes thinking about it they can do it too the problem is is when you have when you have casual players that are just playing or whatever that's that's one thing because they can they're not going to really matter they're not going to put that five percent to be a difference or that ten percent to be a difference when you when you're looking at teams like MDI teams that are whatever or like really high skilled players, that's where it's going to make the difference. Um, the the issue that I mostly have with it is when you have okay. So if I want to go do a Mythic Plus right now and I'm a tank, right? Um, I can queue up for a Mythic Plus. There's things that people will look at my Raider IO score. You know, if I don't meet whatever IO score they're looking for, they're not going to look at me. If 
you know, if they've been looking for a 2K tank, uh, or let's say if they're looking for a 3K tank and they haven't found one over like 20 minutes, you know, yeah, maybe they'll look for a 2500 tank. And if I'm that 2500 tank and I queue up and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, first thing, they're going to look for a warrior first because right now they're BIS. If after 20 minutes they still don't get a warrior, like, and I'm exaggerating the numbers on purpose, but if they'll wait a certain amount of time and if they don't get XYZ class first, then they'll look for the next class. If I'm the least desirable tank class according to what they specifically want, and I'm, you know, not what they desire as far as their mythic IO score or whatever, and then on top of that, I'm a covenant that they don't want because they already have uh, a Kyrian in the group and I'm Kyrian, like, yeah, there's just you're adding so many levels of undesirableness to the point where you're just saying, like, it's a throwaway. Now, there's going to be the other teams where it's like, we don't care about your IO, get in here. You know, we don't care whatever class you're playing, get in here. Or, you know, they'll be like, yeah, we need a Kyrian, get in here. Like, there's going to be those too. But predominantly, more often than not, you're going to spend time looking for a group. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of predicting that if, if things stay this way, you'll mostly see it as a DPS because, like, tanks, they'll end up just, you know, inviting a tank of anything. Because if you're a good tank, you're going to get into a group. Uh, same thing for healers. The DPS is where it's really going to suffer. You're going to see, like, looking for one range DPS, Kyrian. And if you're not Kyrian, don't even apply, because you're not going to get into that group. And that is where my issue is. When you start dividing the player base even further than you've already divided it. It well, just... They, is, I don't like it. They, that's also another, you know, like I said, easy fix. Of course, I know it's not an easy fix, but, you know, there's... It's the Shadowlands. Everyone talks to one another, of course. They are all connected to Orbos, right? Yeah, there's going to be some alliances probably between some of the Covenants. If you have the the Kyrian and the Night Fae as an alliance, and the Necrolords and the Venthyr as an alliance, you know, you can easily cut those requirements in half because, oh, I need to get the Kyrian Spear in Plaguefall because it does X amount of damage to Y adds and everything like that. But we don't have a Kyrian. Oh wait, your Night Fae? Here, you can use the spear. We trust you guys. Let's go ahead and uh, allow you guys to pick this up as well. It's not going to be as powerful as a Kyrian, but it'll still be just, you know, just as viable to still go out of your way to go ahead and pick up the spear so that we do this X damage to those Y adds or this Z boss. Well, I think the problem with that, though, is that the MDI groups, what are they going to do? They're going to say, well, it's a power draw. Well, then we're still not going to do it. It would be cool as if, if they were alliance or if you could have, you know, like a subset of the Covenant. So, like, if you're a Venthyr, maybe you're also friends with Maldrax's people for whatever reason, or maybe you do, like, a quest line, and maybe if you're exalted with both, you can share the benefits or whatever between those two. That might open it up, but if you say that one is a little bit less powerful, everyone's still going to look for, well, the MDI team, they brought a Kyrian because it does an extra, you know, X percent of damage. Why would we ever nerf our damage just for the sake of, you know, running a different person? They would just run a, a different person, and that's that's the trickle down effect. Everyone else would go the same way. At least that's how I feel it might go. And that's something, I like that idea, by the way. Uh, and that's something that I wanted to say about Jay saying how Blizzard is just splitting the player base even further. We did that to ourselves, like the splitting of the player base. The community did, did that to itself, like with the whole uh, IO yeah, system. But, oh yeah. I, I agree, and the ranking system, the IO system, we did that to ourselves. I agree, but Blizzard's aware it's a thing. 
They they yeah. know it's a thing. They know that separation is happening. Why are you adding another layer? Right. Yeah, it makes it kind of rough in that regard. They they don't know how to subtract. They only add. <laughs> and before we oh, get they a... subtracted, do you not remember the great pruning of Cataclysm or was it Mop? Mop. The God? Mop. Mop. Yeah, Mop. When they got rid of like like a quarter of every class's skills and we're finally getting them all back that's fantastic not all but most that's fantastic but the great prune was like ugh come on and before we there get the only reason why i played <clears throat> one tier in that <laughs> away yeah. from mythic plus you guys have all seen the changes in affixes how do you guys feel about them do you think they were positive across the board do you think they were negative across the board i think regardless of how they were changed I think it brings more fluidity to the game and it brings more interest to the game when they have a different style set. So, you know, if say this year they have, you know, 20 different affixes, I'm just randomly throwing numbers, and the next year they change four of those affixes or maybe they remove four affixes and add four new ones to the rotation, that's just going to make the game more replayable. That's just going to give more replayability factor. Um, there's one of the affixes that I'm not super happy about and the, the name of it at the moment escapes me. It was just a rework on one of the previous ones, but... um. Generally speaking, I think that it's a good thing, regardless of how good or how bad the affix is, or if it if it's a push affix or if it makes it too hard to do a dungeon or anything like that. I think that it's good that they have them there because that's kind of the whole point is to give a replayability factor and give you an extra challenge to a dungeon, whether or not it's impossibly hard or it's just something really, really minor like volcanic. I mean, I I personally like a lot of the changes they did. Um, some of them, I feel like, are not necessarily needed. I'm looking at you, Explosive. I mean, the developer's note for Explosives, I, I marked this down in, in my notes of something to talk about because I knew it would come up. The developer's note was, the goal here is to make Explosives easier to see and target as they're less likely to be directly on top of other enemies. Um, I have these things called nameplates that appear on top of an enemy's health I've n never had an issue targeting an explosive so well, I don't understand that developer note at all not everyone uses nameplate add-ons there's still people that play base UI <sighs> then they're yeah. doing it wrong and they, they shouldn't I, be you know, I, I, they... I would 100% agree with that but there's also options and settings within those nameplate add-ons that need to be enabled or disabled like stacking nameplates or layered nameplates where you can't always click on those explosives or you can't always find those explosives i'm okay with this with either change if they would have kept oh, I'm, I'm okay with the change too i just think it was like really i mean it's <laughs> i feel like it was more of a flavor kind of change than anything here's else. the thing my my main complaint about that is the amount of time that they put into thinking that solution and coding that solution, even if it was five minutes on somebody's smoke break, that's five minutes on somebody's smoke break they could have put into the mall, which currently looks really bad. Yeah, yeah. we'll get into that. Oh, yeah, yes. we will get into that. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the changes, um, I, I, I like them all. Um I think the changes to uh, bursting is massive. The fact that it can be dispelled now, all the disc priests are praising uh, because now they can actually do a bursting week. 
yeah. without needing a monster nearby to penance to keep their group alive. I think it's great. I think, um, and as a current shadow priest, uh, I think it's fantastic if bursting was currently dispellable because then everybody would bring a shadow priest on a bursting week and they'd just be like, hey, uh, when we pull this 10 stack, we're going to nuke it right away. Just just spell. And we'll be like, okay, cool. Master spell. Boom. I'm useful. I don't know but if yeah, you... you're you're splitting the community again by only wanting to bring one class on a certain. I don't know if you realize, Jay, Blizzard abandoned BFA months ago. <laughs> oh, I noticed. I'm just saying, you know, certain things like that do make other classes a little bit more desirable where they currently aren't. Right now, Shadow Priests are in a good spot, but if it was dispellable this whole expansion, they would have been more desirable, at least on bursting weeks where, you know, if you didn't have a Disc Priest in your group, you could just pull really big and have a Shadow Priest Master Spell on a 10 stack. Like, you know, it, it would have been good, I think, but... Um, probably gonna get flamed from Cappy saying that Shadowbreaker good, good spot right now. Is, is that? Is that? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he did. But uh, it's not air quotes if you're typing it, Rise. <laughs> yeah. Just quotes. But no, I mean, uh, look, they could be worse. They could be survival hunters. <laughs> Elf, if you're hearing this, I can, hear, <laughs> I can hear him right now yelling, "Give me lead." <laughs> Uh, well, will you you guys want to wrap up the Mythic Plus dis- discussion with like how you feel overall about going into Shadowlands, uh, what the Mythic Plus is going to be like you, for you personally? Like, are you excited? Are you uh, disappointed? Nonplussed? For... I'll go first because I'm going to be quick. Okay. Sorry, I'm actually going to be quick, despite all of the na- the shitting on it that I said. I'm super excited. I, I like all of the changes except for the player power side uh, to the Covenant. Despite that, I'm going to be playing a Covenant that is going to be wanted probably for that skip. So I'm. But even if they get rid of that, uh, all of the dungeons look fun. All of the affixes look pretty cool. The three new ones look awesome. Um, I'm excited. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> See, I was quick. Fuckers. Two hours later. Uh, I. I mean, I. Yeah. I am 100% excited for, of course, new dungeons, uh, new affixes that they said that they weren't putting in, but they still somehow snuck them under our noses. Uh, I'm really excited for what new seasonal affixes are going to be coming along. Uh, Just new everything in general is always good, in in my opinion, at least. Uh, My personal favorite out of all the new affixes is probably Storming. Like I said earlier, I can't wait to see Melee just being thrown into the air. What about you, Rez? I am excited to feel the new feeling of, you know, a new dungeon, a new Mythic Plus. Um, I am in the same boat with Jay. I really hope that they make a uh, more balanced decision on player power and agency affecting higher end content like that but you know if that's how it's going to be throughout the game so be it um it might affect the player base but um i am personally very excited to see new mythic plus having it feel not just the same old staleness with new affixes uh more specifically because of i think all these new dungeons are going to be so good i think that it's probably going to be the best dungeon feeling has ever felt in wow it's going to be top tier yeah i would definitely agree with that I think they've learned from all the shit that they've done bad in the in the time and you know over the last two expansions have got mythic plus kind of worked out a little bit I'm well this is only the third expansion that they're 
pulling in Mythic Plus. Yeah, they did challenge yeah. mode, which was completely different compared to what it is now. Yeah. Uh, Legion, it was kind of an experimental idea, and then BFA, they added a little bit onto it. Now they're really starting to get into the Mythic Plus yeah. and really getting it kicked off because of MDI and everything like that now. I just mean like when Legion, when it was started, it was very clear that it was an idea that they were like, okay, we thought of this idea and it worked pretty good. And then BFA, it was improved on and everything that I'm seeing, minus the Covenant bit, um, looks like they're just improving on it even more. It looks like it's becoming even more streamlined uh, in the sense of like, it, it doesn't appear that there's going to be too many hitches along the way where you just got issues with certain dungeons in higher scaling. I, I don't know. That's all going to be determined as we get there. But I've been yeah. watching a lot of uh, JB's stream. Yeah. And uh, it, I haven't seen anything, and I don't watch them all the time, so it's hard to say this, but I haven't seen anything where I've been like, whoa, that is way overtuned. I'm sure there is some, but yeah, that'll all get smoothed out. But for the most part, I'm everything that I've seen, I've been like, that looks good. So, I agree. What about you, Meeps? We didn't really get your hot take, even though you're not super into Mythic Plus. Uh, I'm always... See the other <laughs> I'm always excited about uh, new dungeons, you know, just to play with, you know, ex new experiences I, until, you know, the 100th, the 200th, the 300th time I run each of them, which is part of the reason I don't like Mythic Plus. Even though the affixes change how you approach pulls, it's still the same dungeon to me. It's not that exciting. It's just doing uh, Halls of Valor again. I just have to do you have for mop again <laughs> see <laughs> challenge modes are a bit different fair enough or maybe that's what you know ground me out on the idea of dun like running dungeons over and over again all the many 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 dungeons i ran in mists like whenever whenever the time walking comes up for mists i have ptsd going back through those like i can't do them with pugs just because I, I'll, I'll go and do like, all right, this is what I've done a million times before. I know this is how you do this pull. This is how you do this pull. This is how you skip that pull. This is how you CC that mob. I know everything. I know everything about those. Like even crazy shit. Like in uh, Siege of Nuzal Temple, you know that last uh, little bridge that you go across to the last boss. The mobs that stand there will throw bricks at you, and they won't move unless you have aggro and you white hit them and then move away. That's the only time they will move. You have to white hit them and move away, and that that'll make them move. I know that shit. I shouldn't know that shit. I don't want to know that. <laughs> the, I know everything about every mob in Missa Pandaria dungeons, and I think maybe yeah, that had a bit of a as probably a big point part of why I don't like dungeons anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of dungeons, uh, I don't know if you guys have been able to see much of it. What are you guys hopeful, or what have you guys seen about the raid that is going to be exciting? Castle Nathria. I'm excited. Fucking vampires. The I love vampires. I'm sorry. The aesthetic for me, which I think is what both of you will also say, because uh, I think we are all in the same group that we like vampires. Uh, that raid looks phenomenal. Like, the, the lighting, the aesthetic, like, everything about it. Um, even some of the boss encounters and their, like, spells and what they what they look like and what they're casting, all of that fits perfectly into that true Venthyr theme, which I think is super fucking cool. Because 
some of our raids they they have a theme, but they don't they don't really fit super well with the expansion, or at least the parts of the expansion we're in. Right. Yeah. I think like yeah, like no like Shriek Shriekwing for instance. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lousy boss just because it's the first boss, so it has to be lousy. Oh, it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, but as you go further in, the mechanics get really creative which i really appreciate especially i i don't want to start i don't want to lead off i want to talk about the last boss last but oh sure. boy that one in particular i'm looking forward to but what about you guys uh from what you've seen of the raid are there any bosses in particular besides the last one uh that really stand out or, or really interesting i i have one that i want to bring up right away uh that kind of ties back to one of the things that i said about the dungeons actually of this tier um some of those dungeons they have some really cool abilities they have some really unique cool looking fights um i'm trying to remember the name of the boss but i'm pretty sure it's the second to last boss of the instance that has the the gate system that is something that has never been seen like there's no boss to my knowledge in wow or dungeon boss or anything that has a mechanic that has worked like that. Um, the premise of the mechanic, you uh, two players get chosen with portals, and you drop them somewhere in the raid room to deal with the other mechanics. Like, at some point, an ad goes up, and it tries to follow you, and you go through the teleporter to the other side of the room, and then it has to walk across the room to try to get to you, and then you take the teleporter back, then you can damage the boss. So, like, having really cool new mechanics that I don't think have ever been dealt with before is the thing that I'm most looking forward to, specifically in that boss, and then, again, we'll talk about him later, but also in uh, Sire Denathrius himself. Those fights just, some of those fights just look so new. It, they look so refreshed. It doesn't feel like a previous raid fight. It doesn't this, this mechanic that you can pick mm-hmm. out doesn't seem like the mechanic we dealt with last raid. It's, it's all really, really cool. There's three that I'm super excited for. Uh, Artificer Zymox, which is the one that Ryze had mentioned with the portals, uh, looks awesomely fun. New mechanics. Um, <laughs> I really like Sun King's uh, Salvation. I, I I I love Kael'thas, and uh, I think that's going to be a pretty cool fight. Um, the Council of Blood is my third kind of standout. I fucking love vampires. I don't know if you knew this. Like, I love all vampires. Bram Stoker is my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> but the fact that we get a whole council of vampires to fight is going to be fucking dope. I'm so excited. And, dude, the fucking model for Baroness Frida, you guys check that out? It's a fucking babe of a vampire is all I'm saying. She's going to fucking murder some people. We're gonna Blood go everywhere. It's gonna be fucking good. ICC all over again. Yup. Nah, but it, I that those are my three that I'm most looking forward to. Aside for, aside from Denathrius, everybody wants to fight Denathrius. It's gonna be amazing. But right. aside from that, those are my three. Um, honorable mention to Lady Inerva Darkfing. I think I'm gonna throw everyone for a loop here. Um. I can't remember their name, where you have to uh, empty the vials of anima in order to kind of distract certain abilities from happening, or enforce certain abilities happen. Uh, I think that's Council of Blood, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, Council of Blood. Yeah, that's Council okay. of Blood. So that's, that's my number three. 
My number two is Shriekwing, because, yeah, it's kind of the same first normal boss and stuff like that, but having to LOS certain things... And he's a, gar he's a giant gargoyle. Who doesn't like gargoyles? I grew up right? on the, the animated series Gargoyles, okay? That right? shit was amazing. It was um, amazing. But my number one I'm actually really excited for to see back is... Or not see back, but see something similar come back is Sludge Fist. I like patchwork fight. I loved patchwork in Max, even though I didn't do original patchwork. But it was still a really cool fight, even though you literally just stand there and you don't do anything. It's a tank and spank. But it's actually intensive on the healers as well as the tanks, which not very intensive fights. Like 90% of the fights out there right now are not intensive on the tanks at all. They're kind of snooze fests, to be honest. To have something like that returned back is, in my books, really fucking cool. Plus, every raid tier, you gotta have like an Ursoc or a um, Shadhar, a patchwork, a Shadhar. Uh, you know, you you gotta have one. The obligatory patchwork boss, and uh, that was one that I had. You know, I, obviously, I watched the videos for it, or you know, read the write ups, and I was like. Okay, so it's patchwork fight, and then I just kind of like moved on. But you're totally right. Like patchwork fights, you know, there is only usually one per tier, one every other tier, and every time they always they're always fun. Like Ursoc, I remember this is basically an Ursoc reskin. Let's be honest, but like undead version, I think that's dope. I I, I really liked it, and I think yeah. this one's gonna be good too. Yeah. I never did Ursoc, so I couldn't say or put any feedback into that. But to what uh, Otter is saying, Very Mathras, in my opinion, is not a patchwork fight. No, not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no way. I don't. Nope. I don't think he understands what a patchwork fight is. Well, okay, on, on heroic and normal, yeah. yeah oh yeah, no, mythic, definitely. When you hit mythic and it's literally okay, we pulled boss and we're dead. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's, what was the, that gets a little rough. What was the second boss in um, Wad? Sorry, I know Butcher. you can go to either one of the three. Uh, Butcher. Butcher, yes. Butcher is another example of a patchwork fight, even in Mythic. Sure, yeah. you have the ads that come in, but literally you kill them and no, nobody's, you know, it's no big deal. Well, uh, your that's tank had to be within a certain distance from you in order for yep. you to not get one shot. Yep. And you had to have somebody else in the raid come up with an immunity or some sort of debuff to soak uh, an axe throw, the debuff, for like 15 seconds or whatever so they wouldn't die immediately. That was an additional mechanic. Ursoc, same thing. Hit one tank, hit another tank, charge somebody in the raid. Everybody that's in between it reduces the amount of damage that eventual person takes. That kind of thing. Still patchwork fight. Veramothras is not the same. <laughs> yeah. Not a mythic anyway. Mm-mm. I mean, the same could be said for Shadhar, though, as well. Yeah, there's not very many, many mechanics, but it's... Well, actually, yeah. Shadhar's no, Shadhar's a patchwork yeah. fight. Now, now that I think... <laughs> I, I didn't think of the tank abilities, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're getting wombo comboed and shit. Oh, yeah. Tank misses there, a taunt and tank dead. Are there any things yeah. about the raid, before we obviously get to uh, some of the, the ones that we really, really like... Um, are there anything about the raid that you guys have seen that you don't like? Shriekwing. <laughs> you just said you liked it! Yeah, right. I, it's a love-hate relationship, I'm sorry. Oh, fair enough. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little confused. 
I actually other, never mind. I I appreciate the art and like the how different it is, but still at the end of the day I don't like that to me it's already got the the HFC effect of well, coming into another room room. Let me guess. Black and green. Another room? Black and green. What about black and green? And except this one's gonna be let me get red. Yep. I think they're going with the blood theme here, guys. Yep, that's red. Red. Yep, that room's red. I don't like the one I I like the overall theme idea, but just how much they hammer on it, I'm not a fan. But I think they might let to... up on that, depending on where you go. Yeah, uh... you're not spending all the time in the cathedral major where that big one screenshot is with the you know right. the inside the cathedral. That's not where all the fights take place. Like, there's you're gonna end up in other places. I'm sure the theme will change. Sorry, Nick, go ahead. Well, what I was gonna say is, yeah, there is a fight that you do outside, and you do get a break from that red theme that you're talking about. But once you start putting in different colors and things like that in different rooms, you start taking away from that theme. You know, it's, yeah, you have a, a gray and red, you know, room. You're going to walk in there and be like, okay, yeah, a fucking vampire lives in here. Whereas you go down the hall and to the left and, you know, third door on your right is, you know, Shriekwing and it's not gray and red. What? It's dark. It's yeah. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> or you enter uh, Kael'thas' bedroom and it's just gold and green and, like, there's some browns there. And you're like, where the fuck did I go? Yeah, it's got the purple like mood light. Through another portal or, like, you know, like Old like War that. when you had to Freya. That felt so... What? And see, I that loved that, right though. There there is here? a perfect example but of I what loved... I was talking about, not sticking to a theme. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Like, it felt alright in that, you know, sense, because... I don't know. I, I guess I'm. I get overthemed pretty easily because every raid just feels like it. It's You're just. You're a masochist. We get it. <laughs> um, one. I think there's yeah. one fight that I'm not looking forward to just because it. Maybe I watched it when I was in a bad mood. Unlikely, but. My initial reaction for Altamore the Huntsman was. <laughs> oh, is it over? Oh, no, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one that I can name that just looks fucking boring. Well, I that's only a second boss. I, I know, but at least Shriekwing is somewhat interesting. This one's just not. Well, I mean, if you really break down all the abilities of Shriekwing, you're, you know, it's it's boring as shit as well, but what, you know, like I said, how I hate it, but I love it, is that exactly right there, is it's introducing new kind of mechanics and features of having to LOS or, you know, play Ring Around the Rosie with a boss, but that's literally the only thing that was added to that boss. Yeah, it's only the first one, but still, it's it's still trying to add something different while still staying the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about yeah, you, Riz? Um, I have a very sneaking suspicion that the guilds are going to see Hungering Destroyer, and they are literally going to get rid of every single melee that they have, and it's going to be very, very sad. Because that fight looks like a nightmare, 
But I have a feeling it's going to be really fun when we're killing it. What about Elganoth now? Yeah, same. <laughs> like, just the fact that, like, that, that fight is so, like, spread-reliant and everyone needs to be, you know, really far away and you need to deal with all the orbs and stuff like that. Um, I just feel like that's going to be a fight where it's like, oh, yeah, the top guild's on Mythic. They're bringing one melee. And it's like a demon hunter or something. Like We like are going to struggle gonna be, on that one. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be really toxic to progression rating as far as, like, you really want to have a certain comp. I mean, I know we could do it with 5-6 melee, but just, like, it's going to be so hard being a melee and getting into that fight and being like, I have to do what and how often? Every, like, 10 seconds? Well, I don't get to damage? Okay, I guess that's fine. It's going to be really, really difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, do we want to go over... Well, we pretty much went over most of the bosses of note. So, what about Sire of Denathrius? How do you guys feel about the big bad boy? I can't remember exactly which two bosses, Meeps, that I said it was like. But uh, I immediately, when I saw the, the first stream of that boss, when they were doing PTR testing on uh, Heroic and Normal, I immediately looked at that boss and like, this is the boss that Meeps is going to want to fight. This reminds me of Mythic Blackhand, and then I couldn't remember what oh. uh, what other boss I related it to. But I was immediately like, yep, Meeps is going to want to fight this boss every day for the rest of his life. But Blackhand was so good, in my yeah. opinion. I, I thought it was great, because yeah. you know it brought so many different levels of... Huh, no pun intended, but so many different levels of mechanics and gameplay and, you know coordination that was needed in order to do those boss that boss yeah and also just i think like a part of it for me that looks really cool because i never got to fight mythic black hand when it was current but uh like having that feeling of like the boss just gets so angry that just like part of the castle just breaks away and you just fall and fall and fall and all of a sudden you're in a new arena that was under him and then suddenly the tone changes from the start of the fight it seemed pretty easy to like the phase two is much more upbeat with a lot more ads and a lot more positioning and faster mechanics come out oh and it was like a mythic argus with the sights that come out oh, so you're yeah. like constantly dodging everything and the, the platforms just break and you feel like you're just falling through this empty tower and just going from zone to zone fighting at different points it, it really feels like almost like a like a theatrical almost like an anime fight scene where it's like they then, blow up the castle and then they're just they just keep going and then on top of that, you got all of his followers and stuff standing there watching this fight happen, cheering him on, and you just like look around and you're like, what the fuck? And hopping in tanks to come run you over. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're Blackhand, yeah. But uh, it, like this one, I think it I think it matches really well thematically. Um, I mean, obviously he's a vampire, so it's got to be thematically vampire, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he... Uh, thematically just fucking torments you the whole time the the slow destruction uh taking you to his observatory and you you've got all of his like fanatics around you like watching and you know joining in on the fight and you know all of that stuff and then he, it just it's it's like a cycle of um torment that he just takes you even further every time it just elevates you to a whole whole new level of horror and uh man i am i am so in uh i yeah i'm excited to see a mythic only phase coming off of nazoth who has a mythic only phase that was really lackluster like whenever i first saw it i thought oh we're going to the mythic only phase 
Oh, it's just... Oh, okay. Wait, Nazoth has a mythic-only phase? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, essentially. Sorry, I'll, Te I'll have to... <laughs> well, technically it's in Heroic, too, because after we kill him, we get transported there. But there's just a loot chest. Right. Yeah. So, does that even count? I don't even know. But I came, you know, I some of my favorite fights had a, just a mythic only face way out of left field, like Blackhand, for instance, or uh, or wait, was that mythic only going on breaking the floor? I don't no. remember. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. That was heroic. Garrosh. All right, then Garrosh had a mythic only phase that was just like, whoa, okay. So this is a whole new fight we're doing out of, out of nowhere. I'm in. Um, yep. Hellfire Citadel's last boss. Um, yep. The, the, Archimonde. The, yeah. Archimonde, the, the mythic only, was amazing. Yep. So, so I... Yeah. I'm. I don't. I honestly don't think there's going to be a mythic only phase. I think they're just going to add a couple mechanics and ratchet the tuning up. But the reason I brought it up is because of this fight overall. Looking at it, it is in a prime position to have an amazing mythic only phase. Can you yeah. imagine if you hit twenty five percent or whatever, like whatever the normal part where he just like you just keep going, and all of a sudden it just drops into like a dark part of the maw. Like how fucking cool would that be? Right. You're just like in some like you're just connected to the maw, and there's like a bunch of shit going on. Like it's like the jailer is partly there, and he like fights with him, or like he empowers him to super saiyan fight, like Mythic Argus was. I, like something I like that would be really fucking cool. Or Ragnaros I, growing legs. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I think something would be cool for uh, Darinathrius is have him teleport everyone back to the Council of Blood room where all the vials of anima are he stuns everyone for 10-15 seconds while he literally walks around the room daintily grabs a bottle of anima drinks it and every bottle that he drinks he you know gains 5% you know extra health and his health goes back up while having more damage uh, being dealt out uh, of or him dealing more damage and then that's where you finish him off is right in there or you know something along those lines where he takes you back into a previous room of of the castle or you, or, you know you fight him through multiple rooms like you fight him all the way out the front door yeah that yeah, would be really cool this is my castle now bitch and every time you get to a new room he like breaks open a wall revealing a secret cache of anime where he just drinks more turns out he's an alcoholic what? Well, that's literally <laughs> what a vampire does, is they're bloodthirsty little fuckers, and that's yeah, kind of like, what they are in this, is they're, they're anima-hungry, so that's what they want, is more anima. Yeah. Wow's first 40-minute fight. Dude, I'm down! I would be very enough, down for a 40-minute fight. Enough of these 10-minute, 15-minute fights, right? Give me a fucking half-an-hour fight. Let's get three or four bloodlusts. I just want one. I'm I'm alone in this. I know I am, but no, I, I'm so with you with sixty I, people. <laughs> I so want a marathon fight. No, I'm I'm okay with twenty, man. But I want a marathon fight. Something that takes twenty or thirty minutes to kill. I think would be great. Like even if it's an optional raid, whatever, just one fight in the raid. You know, like a um. I think that all would those be all those dragons in ice uh, in uh, wrath. The and the storm elemental and the fire elemental and the whatever all those fucking dungeons, uh, the raid dungeons. Um, fuck, give me like a thirty minute fight. I want it so bad. 
I, I think that would work really well in like open world scenario bosses or you know something like that where no you have to, then you got people yeah. coming over to pv crash the server in the middle of that fuck that crashing a server could happen nah well i think the the only problem you know what give me 30 minutes straight of soccer mom please the only problem you though, can leave the call now jay the only problem with a 30-minute raid fight, though, is that's going to be really toxic for progression. Because imagine it's a 30-minute fight and you wipe at minute 20. Every wipe that you have is going to be at minute 20, and that's just going to make it feel like shit. I'm fine with a marathon fight, like a 10, 12-minute fight that has, like, a cool secret phase. I'm totally down that's for that. Right. I remember Mythic Goldan. Come on. Yeah, like, Mythic Goldan, when it was like, okay, we're at the 10-minute mark, and all of a sudden it's like, we phased them, and everyone's just like, oh. The fight just more. started. Yeah, the fight just started, like, healers are at half mana, like, everyone's almost dead, but, like, we're gonna keep going for this out, like, I'm down for a fight that's long, but if it's too long, then that kind of jeopardizes the progression aspect of the game, I think. Cool, 60-minute fight, you're in? Excellent. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> where do you think we'll go from Castle uh, Nathria? Like, what other raids do you think we'll see? You know, I was thinking about this for a little bit, and... I was curious because it seems like every zone that you level through has kind of like a, a BBEG uh, for people that don't know what that means, the big bad evil person. Um, if you have an evil person that's of every single zone, I wonder if they're just going to have one raid tier for every zone. So like the first one will be the Venthyr and then the next one we're going to go fight some weird Night Fae boss that's controlling a bunch of the Night Fae creatures. And then we're going to have to go to you know the, the Maldraxxus area and fight some huge like a death abomination that was crafted by the jailer and then we're gonna have to go do another one and then at the end i would think it would end in the maw right. at least that's what i thought about initially because usually there's like four to five raids per expansion so it would kind of line up if we had five raids in the expansion one for each zone and then one for the maw one to finally finish off the jailer well if they went with that then every zone because we only have technically three zones that we started with in bfa well, if you encounter that there are two islands and each island has three zones. Well... <laughs> Math is hard. Meeps, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you if that's, you know, what you're going with, every zone that we did in BFA when we first started out from 110 to 120, every zone there would have a raid, but we didn't. We didn't have one in Voldoon. Yeah, that's yeah, we, right. Yeah, our first right. tier was in uh, Nazmir. Our second tier was in uh, Zoldazar. But we didn't have one in Voldoon. We had a dungeon in Voldoon, but there were still big baddies in Voldoon. Cool um, to have a giant underground snake dungeon in Voldoon. That would have been really I, cool. I thought it would have been great. I think it's more likely than not that Rise is right with his prediction. Um, I'm... I'm certain that the Maw will be our final raid. The Jailer. Expansion. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, whether or not we actually fight the Jailer, it, the, the raid will take place in the Maw. If we fight the Jailer, it probably won't be to kill him. It'll probably be to subdue him to allow us to leave Shadowlands. Or something like that in order to get us back to the next expansion. Um, whatever that ends up being, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about the lore because I hadn't been reading any of the Shadowlands lore. I've been skipping all of that to read about game mechanics and class design and covenants and conduits and all of that stuff in order to better be, you know, pick my thing for raid. 
So the only lore that I have read a little bit was just the Castle Nathria stuff, just because we know that that's going to be the first raid tier, and I fucking love vampires. Um, don't know if that's come up yet, but I do love vampires. We're all um, lords at heart. <laughs> dude, Nosferatu is a classic. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, I think it's I think it's more likely than not that Rise is right that we'll probably have one in every Covenant's area. Uh, if we don't, um, I think maybe there'll be two tiers in between now and the Maw. And if I had to guess, I couldn't even tell you. Eh, fucking anything. Chromie could show up and be like, Oh, we, we're we going to go back to Castle Nathria a thousand years ago when it was Sunshine Land and Kilthoth was actually alive and not undead. And No. I, like, <laughs> it's Blizzard, man. I, I could not tell you what they're going to do. I, I hope fucking not. But also, Kelvass is cool, so maybe. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is more than likely rises right. I think we are only going to have three major raid tiers and one in between tier. We're gonna start off with Nathria. We're gonna go to Ardenweald. We're gonna skip Bastion. That'll Mid-tier be the half. Is, oh, huh? No, no. Go ahead. Uh, are like in between kind of like Crucible of Storms is going to be in Maldraxxus and then we go to the Maw finish it off there we're done hmm. okay I, I I don't think there like yeah there is enough lore in Bastion but I don't think that there is enough of a big baddie to spawn a raid in Bastion because the big baddie is already in the maw right and i'm not gonna say who because spoilers but yeah Yeah. that's my predictions i I think we're only gonna have a total of three actual raid tiers and an in-between tier and they're gonna try to push the next expansion on us because this is going to be the expansion where they really push the every two year thing Hmm. okay Hmm. could be Mapes, you've been awfully quiet. Uh, I don't really typically do Go predictions. Go on a 20-minute rant. Right. <laughs> I don't really typically do predictions on what they might have as a raid because I'm always off since they never really stick to anything. Uh, you go from ICC or Wrath of the Lich King where there's like 50-plus bosses, raid bosses over the entire expansion to Warlords of Draenor where there's... 22 bosses over the entire expansion 20 something and then uh so yeah from one expansion to the next i i don't try to predict what kind of like what kind of boss what kind of raids we got going on but uh, the one prediction i will make seems like the obvious one we're going to go to the maws the last tier but They've they've also kind of uh, subverted that before, with uh, Legion especially. Oh, with uh, how we just randomly decided right. to go to Argus right. and kill Argus. Did anyone see that? Well, like they said when they announced Shadowlands, is they want the big baddie to be up in front and know what you're fighting for right off the bat, rather than hiding everything behind these you know shadows and curtains and be like oh hey yeah this was supposed to be a faction versus faction expansion but hey look it's an old god (laughs) 
first what? first raid tier we kill Denathrius, second raid tier we kill the jailer, and then third raid tier Yasharaj is back. Right. I don't think I'll ever play again. We're fighting Urel. Well, no, that'll become next expansion. Um. Okay, I. Hmm. There's no way to say this that doesn't make me come off as a hipster. I knew Nazoth was coming in BFA. I knew it 10 years ago. Not that it was in BFA, but I knew where Nazoth was in the world because I read the books. You know, I'm a huge nerd, so I, I read all those books. So um, at the time of, uh, what was it, uh, Old War, there was three named old gods that were shown in the world. Um, one was Cthun, in obviously on Karaj, we killed him. The next one was uh, in Old War itself. So that was easy. And then the third one was Nazoth. It was the third named Old One. And where was he? Nobody knows, except in the books, they said he's um, on the... Or he said They said that he was located in the southern uh, edges of the Kultiran Isles or something like that, lost um, with the islands. And that they couldn't pinpoint exactly where he was, but they specifically said the Kultiran Islands. So... I knew that when Kultiris, Kultirans and all that came up, I was like, okay, we're getting this off this expansion. Um, well, there's still two or three yeah. other old gods that are out there that haven't been named yet. So we've yes. fought and... Four. There is two more. There, There is two more. There's uh, your Shiraj or whatever that was in uh, Miss Pandaria kind of showed mm -hmm. up a little bit there. But there was a total of, uh, in the books at least, as far as canon goes, and they may elaborate on this more, but there was allegedly seven old gods. Um, we have fought four of them, uh, so there should be three more. Well, technically, we only fought three. The fourth one was already dead, and then that's when the Titans were like, hoo hoo, we shouldn't kill these guys. Let's just lock them away because yeah. of how fucked up Yashiraz did to the planet. Yeah, and then we went and killed the other three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off yeah. Topic. Which, you know, it, it'd be really interesting to see if they take us on some giant loop de loop. Because that is one of the things they pushed, you know, well, we want to show you who you're fighting against right at the door. But, you know, didn't they also kind of do that in BFA? Didn't they kind of say that this expansion was a faction war? And then, like, yeah, the first two raid tiers were faction war-ish, I guess. Not really Gahoon, but uh, BFA, well, like, uh, the Battle for Bizarre Lore was literally killing King Rostakon. So past that, you know, then all of a sudden they 180'd and went for something totally different. Like... Do you guys really think that they would do something like that again? Well, Gahun was a Titan made uh, old god. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, do you think they would go so far off the beaten path of, like, oh, you know, Shadowlands starts, you fight Sire Denathrius, and then maybe the next tier, you go and you kill, uh, what's his face? You go and kill the Jailer. And then, like, suddenly, a new, like, you know, like, Smash Brothers, like, that, that screen comes up, like, a new challenger has appeared, and then they just throw out, like, you know, a, sh a Shara. Like, oh, do, you think, do you think they're gonna do something that crazy again that, that some players didn't see that just flipped? Actually, now that you say it, I think they will. Because there has been a lot of hints of the quote-unquote the first ones. Nobody knows who the fuck the first ones are. Because the first ones are older than the old gods they are older than the titan 
themselves and the Pantheon and the Death Pantheon, which is, you know, the Covenant leaders and all that shit and the Oribos. Are they lady. older than the Void, Void Lords? Uh, the Void Lords? I think the Void Lords were the first sentience or whatever, right? I think uh, which, which I think is, by the way, awesome. We've been getting hints over the last couple expansions about the Void Lords. We are going to get to fight Void Lords at some point. It's going to be think, dope. I think that's an expansion or two away, but I am very excited for that as well. I, I think that the Void Lords are, quote-unquote, the first ones. Yes. Yeah, I, I always kept them differentiated because... Who knows? It's Blizzard. It could go either way, but uh, I would not be surprised if they are the same thing. Yeah, because if if what you are saying is true, where the Void Lords are, you know, the first sentience to be manifested in this universe, then yeah, yeah, I think. <sighs> I, okay, so bringing us back to the last raid. Um, Jailer, I think, is dope, but I do have a question about the Maw for you guys. How do you guys feel about the Maw? Because oh, God. We, we obviously know we're going to end with the Maw. The Jailer is going to be involved in some way, but I mean, let's be honest. The Maw is completely shit right now, right? Like, there's just as, nothing. Yeah, as far as the information I've seen, there's not really much going on in the Maw. But... I'd also like to think of as as we go through time and as the jailer realizes we're here and then he starts building, you know, an army and then he, the, the maw starts to expand and more stuff comes in. I do have to say, although, even though it doesn't look like there's a lot, I do like the in particular design choice they went on. It's a really big zone. You have to walk through it so it feels even bigger. And then suddenly quests will start to pop up while you're there as if like... You know, it's not always hustle and bustle active as just things just happen in the mall, like big events occur and you have to go deal with them instead of it being like, oh, for yeah, example, but I'm going to Nashatar again. I know these world quests are up. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. The mall at least feels like it's like a living, breathing entity that maybe isn't just always set in stone with ads in the same spots with mobs in the same yeah, spots. Yeah, but here's the thing. Things change. Let's say I'm out in the world, right? And you're out you're out in the maw and you get to the, you know, three out of five point, you know, on your five point Richter scale of am I gonna get fucked up by the watcher or not? Um, or the jailer. Um, and you know, an event happens, you're like, dude, this is cool, come out here, and I head out there and now I've got, you know, one out of five, you're three out of five. What if that event happens that pushes you all the five out of five, jailer just fucking, you know, deletes you. Like <laughs> like if it could spawn at a really bad time for you. That you're just like, well, I can't stay here because if I interact with this, Jailer's going to kill me. I just, I should, ha I have to walk away and leave. That feels kind of shitty. Like, because the longer you're there, the more he's going to notice you. And as soon as he notices you as a, you know, DEFCON 5, you are going to die. He just kills you. I can actually like, see ah. that being a good thing, though, because it kind of does put a cap on those, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, it puts a cap on those high-end players that just literally sit there and grind all day on islands and get their neck to level 50 when everyone else is at 25. It, it kind of want to be punished for having no life, all right? <laughs> CJ, you'll just have to diversify your no life. Because there's We already stuff have to... a cap on anima gain per week. But Why there's... you gotta cap my, my, my no life, man? Well, it's, it's literally just a daily zone, though. That's all it is. Yeah. You're no, only going to step in there once per day anyway. So mm -hmm. I see no reason to complain about 
all these things that people are complaining about. Yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with you, I guess, on that point. And on top of that, it feels unfinished. So yeah. that's that's what I was getting at when I said like it looks empty and it looks shit. It it totally from everything I've seen, it just looks like you booted up a private server, and it's literally just you alone in the world. I'm thinking empty. they're either going to work on it some bet- between now and release. Like there's stuff that they just haven't implemented yet, or they're going to build on it over time, or both. I think for building on it over time would be really cool, as well as kind of from like a lore perspective i'm kind of a lore right. nerd i don't i don't know if you guys noticed this yet but um yeah. you know as soon as the jailer notices that we're in the maw he's gonna be like oh shit i need to bolster literally everything and then buildings just start popping up on the next patch or you know something like that or new mobs start coming out or you know something like that to where it's ever changing and ever growing as the expansion goes on because he knows he's gonna get fucked in the end like here would be here would be a really cool thing that I think could happen. Like uh, you guys remember the uh, opening for Draenor when you push through the gate and then you have to do the huge fight scene and then like the escape to the ship the, when you're escaping to Nan. Yeah. yeah, escaping to Nan. Like, could you imagine if it's just like eight point or nine point one five or whatever? So like the patch right before you know the the raid patch in the Jailer's Realm would come out. It's like, oh yeah, something's wrong in the mock, and you go check it out. Like they we feel a disturbance, and you go there, and it's just like. The jailer has just assembled a fucking army, and you're just like doing this giant wave fight against like an army of the jailer's minions, and then like that's like the cue for like the raid opening or something, almost like a an hey, old on garage bell ringing or something like that. I think That'd that be cool. that could That'd be, be really so cool. down for that. It makes sense that the jailer doesn't have an army because we're the only people that can go in and out of the mall, and until we get there, he doesn't really know. So like in 9.0, why would he have an army? He he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Need it. He doesn't need an all-powerful realm. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you guys have been snooping around for a couple months. Yeah, now I'm going to build up this army, and now there's actually something to do. And now it feels more like a real Suramon or like a real actual endgame zone. Because right now, yeah, it does feel barren. But at least I can think that the design of how it is now, as far as how it's supposed to function, seems fine. Again, I don't know if that will stick true, but it seems fine right now, in my opinion. They just need to add more content, and I really hope it evolves into something better than it already is. I agree. Well, it's getting pretty late. We've got a lot more to go over, but I think it's going to have to wait for uh, part two. Oh, uh, yeah. We've still got Torghast. We have, that's the first time Torghast has been mentioned. So we've yeah. got that to talk about. Uh, the grinds. Chalmets, soul finds, the grinds, Torghast, all the legendaries. Legendaries, right. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a Covenants lot. Covenants and conduits. Yeah. But uh, for now, we're going to go ahead and start winding down. And uh, just want to know from you guys, uh, the Shadowlands information has been available now for a few months, and don't we know it? Because uh, all all of us have been scraping every bit of information. My brain hurts. I'm so ready to be to not know. Like just let all this shit trickle out of my head. Uh, but what is the coolest or most interesting or most important change that you've seen for Shadowlands? I think the most important thing that they have been adding is some of the options for player choice. I think having the uh, the Great Vault, where you can choose what gear you get based on what kind of content you're doing, instead of just doing one piece of content and sitting in it, you can farm it up, you can get a lot more options, it gives you the agency, is really, really cool. And as a little side caveat, I think that the uh, leveling system 
and how they approach the leveling system through uh, this current uh, iteration, like from 50 to 60, I think it all looks really well and really polished. So I'm very excited to level through it. I'm excited to have alts through it. And then I think just the player agency that we're getting primarily in the Great Vault is just going to be, bar none, one of the best changes to the game. I think I kind of have to echo that one for myself. Um, the The player choice is the number one thing. Um, and that's just the whole thing. So whether it's the vaults or whatever, I, I like all of that. Um, the only thing about the player choice that I don't like is currently power being associated with covenants, uh, which we didn't get to uh, talk about too much aside from the Mythic Plus aspect, but right. uh, we'll save that for part two. But um, I think being able to choose your covenant based on what you thematically want to choose, I would totally go Vanthyr, but it's useless for Brewmaster, so I'm not going to. I love vampires. Uh, I don't know if that came up. But uh, I feel like that choice has been taken away from me because there's power associated with it. And the power for my class and spec that I've chosen is going to be useless. So um, unfortunately, that won't be doable. But the vaults, uh, I think, is I mentioned it earlier. It's one of my favorite things that they've done. Uh, the more content you do, the more options that you get. If all the options are useless, take the currency and you're you're good. Um, Expanding on that a little bit, the legendary system is like Legion in the sense that you get a legendary, it's going to change the way your character plays to a very small minor degree, but this time you get to choose. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, somewhat random, I guess, how you actually get the legendaries, and we'll talk about that next week in part two, but the, the fact is, like, when you make your legendary, it's you crafting it. So you get to choose what you want. And that just goes back to the player choice. I think that is awesome. I love the amount of choices that we're making. Holy crap, it just got bright in front of Rise. And uh, yeah, that's the player choice for me. Absolutely, hands down, bar none, my favorite. It's the choices. <laughs> I think... Um... And vampires. Do, what, do you like vampires or something? I yes, didn't know. I do. Thank you for asking. Okay. Uh, my favorite part of Shadowlands is the unpruning. I, I think it's bringing a lot of a lot back of more of that class identity that a lot of people strive for. Which I want to feel like a, a mage when I'm playing a mage, rather than you know, oh, I'm a warlock, but I'm a mage. I I don't get it. I, I think that right there is going to be my favorite of literally everything as well as all of the new lore that's going to be coming along all of the quote-unquote rehash lore especially with kalethos coming back and quite a few others that i will not mention right now coming back um even though i'm not going to read any of the freaking quests as i'm going but i'm 99 percent sure novel will have something up on on the, the interwebs that i can listen to as i'm grinding those are going to be my two most favorite thing. Mine's easy. I'm glad that there's going to be no corruptions and no war forging. <laughs> Man. You're not a fan of borrowed power or RNG, huh? Uh, I mean, it's it's still going to be there. They're just they're replacing it with other things that we I I like the idea of borrowed borrowed power, honestly. I'm probably part of the 1% that think it's actually cool because 
Every expansion, it changes your character and how it plays. I just don't it, like the extent of the borrowed power. Yeah, with the, how this expansion went, yeah, I would definitely agree Legion with that. Uh, I didn't really play in the beginning of Legion, so I didn't... Artifact weapons were cool, but yeah. they became everything. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're that powerful, but when you have borrowed power on that level... You know what? We're getting off topic. We'll talk about this later, Nick. <laughs> Do you want to take right. this downstairs? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get beer. All right. I'm almost I'm almost out of my vodka and Slurpee. Uh, <laughs> if you've listened this long, feel free to comment on the YouTube video that's going to be uploaded probably tomorrow. Uh, you can find us at Simply Wow Podcast channel. But we want to hear from you. Uh, like... The question I just asked them, you know, information has been available for a few months. What's the coolest thing or most interesting thing or most important change that you have seen in the Shadowlands? We want to hear from you. And you can find us live Friday nights at 7 p.m. on uh, 7 p.m. PST on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dsmeeps. If you want to watch later, you can find the podcast on YouTube every week on the Simply Wild Podcast channel. And for audio only, you can find us on Anchor or Spotify. Have a good night and keep it simple. <laughs>